right, so are you ready to rock and roll on this one? Yeah. On this holiday yeah. special? Yeah. All right, let's key it up. Should we do some, like, uh, voice exercises? No. For for holidays? Like singing Jingle Bell? Yeah, yeah, like singing Jingle Bells. Like Barbara Streisand's version? We've, we've been listening to the Frank Sinatra Jingle Bells at school. I don't know if you're familiar, but they, I don't they think spell, so. they spell, it's very jazzy. They spell out Jingle Bells in it. They're like, J-I-N-G-L-E bells. Yeah, I know that, Mom. Oh, no, no, J-I-N-G-L-E bells. Yeah, I know that, Mom. And then they spell it again, but they also spell B-E-double-L-S. So I had to explain to my kids what double L meant without, like... I explained that to them. Doing the whole, like, double hockey stick. Are we recording? Because this is, like, a good thing. Oh, yeah, I've totally been recording the whole time. Yeah, we, well, that's how I explained, because I say... Cause I sing uh, G double O D. Oh, you do the good morning song. And I'm like, good morning, good morning, good, good, good morning. And I'm like, why do I say G double O D? And some kids are like, some kids are like, damn, I don't know. But there was like one girl, cause there's, I have like this really dry girl this year who's incredibly smart and thinks everyone around her is an idiot. And she's like, because there's two O's, you guys. Double O. I'm like, that's right. Oh, my God. That's, it's, it's so funny the way these things work because, you know, I, I learned that song from a, a, a mutual colleague of ours. Yes, I, um, and I did as well. But, right. But but she herself learned it from another mutual colleague. Oh really? Like yes, like these the way that these songs travel passed like, down to generation generation. I mean, I I I want I did once work at a uh, much like the holiday tradition. Much like the holiday, we the, the oral tradition, if yeah. you will. Um, I did work at a preschool once where. Um, the the classes all sang the same songs, which I thought was really kind of neat. Like they had the same good morning songs, they had the same goodbye yeah. songs, and that sort of yeah. thing. And like people observers would always would come and they would remark on it. But what was really funny was I was a substitute there, so I would go into every classroom and hear them each singing it. Right. They would sing them to different tunes, mm-hmm. or like they would, or mm-hmm. like people mm-hmm. who were more tone deaf than others. Um, would like sing them in different intonations, like Some something would go down when it's supposed to go up. Right, right. Some people used instrumentality. Right. Yeah. Ukulele. Whatever. Right, right, right. But right. it was just so funny. Like they still had their individual nature, but it was only in how kind of fucking off key they were. Right. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, it's it's really funny, and then. When you teach them the sight word "good," they have no idea what it is. They, 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 they can't. And transfer then you ask that them information no, over. Like, what word is this? It's "good morning." Well, where's it's the good morning. where's the morning part? Do you see the mm right. sound? Right. right. It's funny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The totally. brain is a funny thing. No, they just roll them right together. So anyway, uh, we, uh, we Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Happy fucking motherfucking holidays. Felices fiestas. If you don't know already, if you have somehow fallen deep into the bottom of the crayon box. Good morning, boys and girls. Today, we'll be learning all about... Dull crayon. (laughs) 
with the Dull Crayons. I am your loyal dullard, Gabriel Zuger, and I'm joined by the dynamic, the dazzling, the sometimes dangerous mm. Diana. And also Santa's little helper. <laughs> Diana garbed, of course, in uh, glitter-filled antler rain, uh, reindeer antlers. And my and, dull crayons. And sporting her exclusive dull crayons yeah, podcast, podcast t-shirt. t-shirt. And royal purple. Um, that's how we do it here. Yeah. That's how we do it. Royal purple. We are. We, we are. are we are the elite of the yes. podcasting community, the upper echelon. Oh, 100%. So we, so we only dress in royal purple. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, of course, also wearing reindeer antlers because this is going to be our holiday episode. Yes. Our, our very much holiday-filled episode. We are accompanied by a holiday snack, holiday yes. stories. We're going to be singing more fucking carols for yeah, you tra- and, and just everything. And, of course... Traditions and not traditions, traditions in schools. Untraditions, half traditions, confusing traditions. Yep. We're just going to bleed. But mostly confusing. <laughs> We're going to bleed green and red over here. Um, so And silver and blue if you're Jewish. So And add that black <laughs> if you celebrate Kwanzaa to that green and red. Add that, add that kente cloth, add that Oh, add that's that what pattern. it is, kente. I was dying to know what that, <laughs> I was racking my brain. I haven't celebrated Kwanzaa in a school in like three years, so I'm like, oh man, what was that? We're gonna Light we're, up that Kinara, folks, because yeah, yeah. buckle up. It's going to be a trippy-ass ride uh, back to the 1960s for that one. Yeah. Um, but I do, I, I feel, you know, it's always best to, to ground ourselves in a... Uh, in a little bit of history when sure, we start these sure, things off. Sure. Um, and when you when you posed uh, this idea, because I, I hadn't even thought of doing a holiday special. Oh, this yeah. is a Diana original. <laughs> yeah. When you posed this idea of talking about school traditions and holiday traditions, um, my wife, wife of the pod Pauline, was at the time going through um, sort of a hazing, we'll call it, of of her own school's holiday traditions Mm. um and one of those traditions included one that's that's making the rounds out there it's become very very big because if they got it if if your school has them you got to do them right and you have to do them and you have to do them a certain way oh and you you have to do them with bells and whistles right with gusto you can't do them ironically right 30 years so the one that I'm speaking to in uh, yeah. Wife of the Pod, Pauline's yeah, case. what's this new hot holiday? Is the ugly sweater. Ugh. The ugly sweater Christmas party. Mm. And, yes, this, and is, this is a big one. This has been trying, this has been barreling down oh the road my God. for a couple of years oh now. Oh my God. This, uh, the ugly sweater stock is so high right now. So high. So high. And I, I find this one fascinating and baffling. Um, and it's mostly, not just Christmas anymore. No, it's not. No, it's not. There's like ugly sweater Halloween. Right. Right. Oh, and you can buy ugly sweaters for anything. You anything, can buy yeah. you can buy ugly Star Wars sweaters, ugly right. NFL yes, sweaters. They 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 come in every shape and size and and fanboydom and fangirldom. Right, right. It's, it's probably Doctor Who ones. It's in, sure. Oh. 
<laughs> oh my god, the Doctor Who sweaters have to be amazing. Yeah, it's I like bet. I bet they're they, phone they, booth, they've got phone booths all over them, up. and then Rose is on the front, and who is on the back? You know, you got you got it all. Yeah. Um, but so it's like whatever that wand is. I don't even know <laughs> pen. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna I've give you. It. So it it, it it baffled me because. Growing up, I didn't know of this tradition, and I don't, I, and I, I don't know where it came from. But, well, now it's because it wasn't ironic, right? Like it, the right. Our teachers, when they wore ugly sweaters to school, were they weren't ugly sweaters? No, they, they were weren't. Right. Teacher they sweaters. They were sweaters. Yes, they, right. And this is the that thing. your teacher wore to school to be like the fun holiday teacher. Yeah. She wore it on Friday on the last day, right? kind of thing this is this is the thing you you don't was, wear an ugly sweater in the winter because or you don't wear a sweater in the winter because it's a holiday you wear a sweater because it's fucking cold outside <laughs> it is brick ass bitter cold outside and of course at some point somebody just wore a sweater that was like kind of off color or like weirdly right, patterned or like it looked like a like, christmas tree yeah it right it had bright colors yeah it, it was like green with pom-poms i'm like oh it's my and, christmas tree right, and sweater like, hey, it's my christmas sweater um, and somebody else snottily off to the side whispered like, like that's your ugly christmas sweater mrs. <laughs> like, like mrs w whatever your name is yeah but anyway. right, it did. It wasn't in fashion. So anyway, I've I've right. tried to track down the history of mm. the ugly sweater. Yes. So I, I have a history for you. I I have my per own personal qualms with it. Uh, we'll see what you think. But so this coming to us from basically from UglyChristmasSweater.com, and this is <laughs> a brief history. <laughs> a brief history posted in September first, two thousand thirteen. Pinpointing the rise of the ugly Christmas sweater is no easy task. However, two icons stand out. We have Bill Cosby as Cliff Huxtable in The Cosbys and Chevy Chase from National... Yes, this is 2013. So they can still talk about him. Exactly. (laughs) And Chevy Chase, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, who made it fashionable to wear these hideously appealing sweaters. The trend would fade in the 90s, but would resurface again around 2001. This trend has steadily moved upward, and as of 2010... Ugly Christmas sweaters are once again highly fashionable. Even Jimmy Fallon has chimed in. They don't then go oh, and say what Jimmy Fallon wait, has done. Wait, okay, hold what? on. Tea for time out. Okay. My friend, and this is like no joke, is Jimmy Fallon's lead costume designer. Okay. And I can tell you all about this. So Jimmy Fallon does the 12 days of like ugly Christmas sweaters. Uh-huh. And my friend oh. and his team custom make ugly Christmas sweaters and I'm not kidding. I'm telling you, they start tomorrow for next year's Christmas sweaters. He has a team that works on the ugly Christmas sweaters all year. And you have to oh, see God. pictures of them. They're fantastic. Right. Because he, he he scours the internet for vintage Christmas fashions. Right. Deconstructs it and turns it into other garments. And then audience members win this sweater. Oh wow. And it's like in it's in like a you know, they're in like boxes that are shaped like tree and you right, take right, out right. the box. Right. So yes, I do know about Jimmy Fallon's okay. ugly Christmas. See, I wasn't aware. I, I know that like firsthand so because I literally gotcha. know the guy <laughs> who makes the fucking sweaters. Right, right, right. But so no, he's I, he's squaring the Christmas sweater, the ugly Christmas sweater. But, uh, he's taking it to the I'm next gonna, level. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chime in, in this article. Please, no, I please. That's why I brought I this up. I don't think that 
I think there's Cosby sweaters. It's completely wrong. And I think there's Chris. I it's think there's ugly sweaters. Completely wrong. Bill Cosby sweaters are not ugly sweaters. They're Cosby sweaters. And nobody has ever called a Cliff Huxtable sweater an ugly sweater. No, they call or it a, a Cosby sweater. sweater. You literally called it a Cosby sweater. Yes. Like, that's the name of it, motherfucker. Yeah. So it's, and it's got. It doesn't have. Like, it's like wavy. And also, right. Or whatever. Yes, there's wavies, there's patterns. He, yeah. he wore them all. He wore them all. But but that's what's so funny to me, that these people who, who sell Christmas sweaters and also have this fake history up on their website yes. are purporting that basically Cosby either invented the Christmas sweater or, didn't. or somehow is being uh, 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 put on the round, Mount Rushmore of like inventing sweaters. He right. didn't invent sweaters. He just wore a lot of sweaters and we called them Cosby sweaters. sweaters. Like if you're yes. wearing like an old man sweater, you might get made fun of yeah. for looking like Cliff Huxley. There's a completely different it's category so different. of sweater. So they get it completely wrong. So now so I'm gonna sorry, get ugly sweaters. Now I'm gonna get to where I think this actually does come from. Okay. And I think I think you'll agree that this makes a lot of sense. Is this still the article from Ugly Sweater? This is still the article from UglySweater.com, but okay. apparently there is a huge Diana annual ugly uh Christmas sweater party. Okay. And that is it like the Santa Con Christmas sweaters? Probably, yes. Okay. And that this thing was started in the city of Vancouver. Sure. It claims to be the birthplace of the first ugly sweater party in 2002. Every year at the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver, a party is held and the dress code is an ugly sweater affair. <laughs> uh, Chris Boyd and Jordan Birch are the co-founders of the Commodore's annual ugly sweater party. Um, and... I think it. I I think it genuinely comes from something like that. So two thousand two. Two thousand two makes to me, sense. This to me makes a lot of sense. And it's probably that was probably more like of an organic movement where you actually yeah. had to like maybe go to a thrift store, right. and get like a genuine like real vintage ugly sweater. And and we've we've seen but now. Things, I feel like they're just manufactured. Well, they're totally manufactured this, this way, and they're not like. I don't know. They're not vintage. They're not something you ha you found in the back of your grandmother's closet. No, They're, it's no, like no, no. you literally ordered it on Amazon. Yeah, well, and you typed in ugly Christmas sweater. This also says that on Nordstrom's, there's an ugly Christmas sweater that goes for six hundred dollars. Sure. Great. So yeah, you could you could pay an ass load for your ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah. Which is also what really bothered me. So going back to wife of the pods predicament, um, being a a doubly Jewish family. We don't own ugly Christmas sweaters and, and not having had right. to participate in this thing before. And so I was personally offended that she had to like go out and purchase this thing, right? Because you, you can't just find it in the back of your closet. In fact, I offered right. her and then you have several have ugly it. sweaters I have. I offered her terrible sweaters that I've had for years and she wouldn't take them because her feeling was, just as you said earlier, that wouldn't be in the right spirit of it. Right. You have to really get you know, the thing that they're asking for yes. or else you're not playing along and yeah. you're labeled as like different or other. So she had to go out and buy a brand new ugly Christmas sweater. So of course I made her buy the most heinous one she could find and told her that I would also wear it at least once a year to right, school. Right. She got the fa la 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 llama Oh, okay. Christmas sweater, sure. which has a llama on it. I'm sh I, I don't know what it looks bells. like, but I know exactly what it looks like. And it has jingle bells. Good, good. So she felt super uncomfortable wearing it all day at yeah. school. It was exactly what I wanted. Yeah, so we have a holiday party at my school just for the staff. And this year, it was it was just the past month, this past Monday. And 
I was having my contract meeting with my head of school. <laughs> and she said, she said, oh, she wa- uh, the, the founder of the school wanted to have it as an ugly Christmas sweater party. And she's like, and now this is my head of school who's like, who is American, but this is her only third or fourth year living in America because she was raised in Turkey and okay. other places in Europe. So, like, she really is kind of clueless when it comes to, like, American culture, even though she sounds like she's from New Jersey because she is. And she's like, I don't even know what the hell that is. I'm like, you know what? I'm really glad that she went against it because that means all of us have to go out and spend money on something none of us want. Like, I don't want to buy an ugly Christmas sweater and have another thing in my house. Horrible. That I will maybe wear bi-yearly, like every two years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, bi-yearly, which could be twice a year or once, or... A, or once every two years. <laughs> bi, it goes both ways. It does. It goes both ways. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's a, it's, uh, again, I, I just think it's such an impediment on people, like, to force it them is. that. But... But we're we're getting at the crux of I think what is is at the heart of our Christmas spectacular, yes. here, which is which is really the question of what does it mean to be in schools during the holiday season, like and what is that what is that battle between like what is that balance that we find between doing enough holiday stuff but not too much holiday, holiday stuff. stuff? And not being too biased in one way or another. And it is fraught with motherfucking landmines yeah. that you're constantly stepping on. So I'm, I'm going to give you another story uh, just to ground us once again. Um, and I think this one will make clear exactly the issue that we're talking about. So this coming from CNN uh, on December 7th, 2018. Uh, elementary school principal placed on leave after banning all things Christmas from classrooms. Yes. An elementary school principal in Omaha, Nebraska is on administrative wait, wait. leave. Before you continue, is <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska the same place that those fucking elementary school teachers the, dressed up as the, the Mexican? Wall? Yeah, the, 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 the racist. So uh... Omaha is just like all <laughs> over the news in their public school system. First, they have a bunch of racist-ass right, white people right, dressed up as right, a Make America Great Again right, wall, right. complete with people in sombreros and ponchos and mustaches. Right. Well, those were separate. And that's the now their thing. district's getting slammed again. Wait, those those were two Kudos separate. Kudos to you, Those Omaha. were two separate costumes, though. There was one grade yes, of yes. teachers that did the wall with all the American icons yeah, behind the wall. Yeah, Make America Great Again, and, yes. And that basically said, like, go home Mexicans on right. the front of the wall. And then the other, and then the other set the other of teachers department. was wearing sombreros <laughs> the and specialist big mustaches. Teachers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was... Like, and they were smiling ear to ear oh, on their Instagram. My God. They were so Who? happy with themselves. <laughs> I was like, you guys. But again, don't man. Just, just like we're saying, don't you imagine there was even like one person on that team that was kind of like, they, they still went along with it. Don't get me wrong. But that right. was kind of like, maybe this is not a good look. <laughs> like, I'm going to do it because I've got to be solidarity here yeah. with, like, the fourth grade the math team or whatever the <laughs> yeah, fuck. Yeah, but, yeah. like, I don't know that I want to be this person. All right, smile for the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's on our school <laughs> and now, and now, and now we're And now we're suspended. <laughs> slammed across America. 
Yeah. For being racist motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, oh man. Holy cow. So glad I don't work in Nebraska right now. But so back to this thing. Yeah, okay. So Omaha. An elementary school principal in Omaha, Nebraska is on administrative leave after asking teachers to not celebrate Christmas in classrooms. An internal memo. So this was a memo going around only to teachers. Right. Signed by Principal Jennifer Sinclair as she wrote this in the memo, quote, the unintentional Grinch who stole Christmas from Manchester. She wrote that. She wrote that in the memo. So she's like, so she's, she's got a self-awareness like, about this. Right. She's like, but she's like, but listen, but hear me out. This yeah. is why. Yeah, exactly. This, this included a list of Christmas related items and activities that could not be used in class at Manchester Elementary School. The memo went on, quote, I will do my best to communicate the expectation from here on out, which aligns with my interpretation of our expectations as a public, public school, school who seeks to be inclusive and culturally sensitive to all of our students, Sinclair said in the memo following a list of not acceptable practices. So so before we read the practices, so yeah. she's she's making a very excellent point that as a public school, they're they're is a a requirement frankly of uh, the separation of church and state right right i believe it's article two of the constitution right um that you know really school is not a place for religious observation mm -hmm. um at you know because we are not a nation with one religion we are a nation of many religions right. and many cultures and we want to be respectful embrace and that, embrace sure. embrace all of them right so Here's the list of what she was, you know, saying should not happen. And I'm also guessing a lot of this list is written specifically because it's shit she already saw, like, going down. Yeah. You know, like, shit she experienced either at that school or, or other schools school. and was kind of like, yeah, that's just excessive. Like, and right. you, we're going to hear it's kind, some of these things are stupid. Like, right. like, right off the bat. Using images of Santa or Christmas items on worksheets. You just don't have to do that. Well, yeah, like you don't like yeah. I'm thinking like Christmas crossword puzzles. Yeah, yeah. you just and, like, don't have to do filler that. worksheets. Yeah. First of all, you should be doing worksheets. Period. If you read any sort of <laughs> educational like like studies okay. today, like like just like get rid of worksheets in classrooms. Period. On to the next. Continue. Trees in classrooms. I okay, mean, fine. I mean, I assume she's talking about legit trees, Christmas not just trees. like images of trees, Chris, but like an actual Christmas, Christmas tree yeah. in the classroom, which, yo, if you've got money for a Christmas tree in your classroom, you're spending your money Maybe wrong. Maybe in Omaha, you just <laughs> chop them down in your own yard. I don't know. Okay. Probably, right? El I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to put it on your pickup truck and bring it to school. I'm going to run through a few of these quick. Elf on the shelf, singing carols, playing Christmas music. Do you know Gio sat on top of our refrigerator the other night and said, I'm an elf on the shelf. I'm Dude. not even kidding. But yeah, that's anyway. so postable. I love it. Yeah. Um, sending a scholastic book that's also a Christmas book. I'm assuming she's saying a reader, probably, right? Right. right. Making like ornaments a, like as one gifts. one of their leveled readers. Right, exactly. Making ornaments as gifts. Then it just says reindeer. Yes, reindeer <laughs> should not be in the classroom. Maybe I in agree Omaha, with that. those kids just show up too. <laughs> And then and the maybe last Betsy DeVos will shoot it with the bear. <laughs> and then the last two items, uh, Christmas videos, movies, or characters from Christmas movies and candy canes. I mean, frankly, the the only one that I think is uh, that that I even take a problem with is like playing Christmas music. And I only say that because 
Christmas music is the best. Yeah, I mean, so good. even as a Jew, Christmas it music is the so good. fucking best. I know. And I, I know, I know the Christmas creep happens earlier every year. I know we start hearing Christmas music in yeah. se- September at and this point. And certain teachers that we know started playing it <laughs> like October fifteenth, right? But because she loves Christmas, but, but yeah, Christmas music is like so homey and so catchy, yeah, and so wintry goodness, like awesome. Like we're walking down the street. We've been going. We go on Thursdays. Yeah. We go to our. Uh, gym we, we go to the new york health and racket club down the street yeah yeah for our uh because we don't have a gym in our school as most a lot of new york city kids do walk to gyms um and they've been they've been belting jingle bells <laughs> down the street like for the seven and a half minutes it takes us to walk they're just going take up bells take up bells Jingle yeah, get those way. outside voices on. You jingle can scream bells, it once you're out on the sidewalk. They don't even have, know the rest. They just know the jingle bell. They just know the jingle bell part. And like, and, and it's, you know, and it's fine. And we're walking down Wall Street past like a million Chinese tour groups. And they just think it. And everyone's just delighted to see these little kids screaming. And I just let them do it because it's right. like, you can't stop the group no you you you. and it's not really doing anything they're just like being joyous children and they need to yell sometimes they totally need to yell and And everyone thinks it's delightful they think it's delightful you can't fight a tidal wave diana when i walk we walk (laughs) under the new york stock exchange christmas tree which is basically the size of the rockefeller center tree so this memo this memo of these items was obtained by nonprofit Christian ministry Liberty Council, which sent a letter urging the school district to reverse the ban, saying it. Now, this is the best irony in the entire world. This non-Christian, this nonprofit Christian ministry, wrote a letter saying it violates the U.S. Constitution by showing hostility towards Christianity. I read that when you, when you, I was reading this on the subway on the way over, and I'm like, is that a law? Like, it's definitely not a law, and this is definitely not hostility toward, like, no, this is like, let's just be neutral, guys. Let's be Switzerland. Let's be in the fucking middle. We won't, hey, we won't do Christmas trees. We just won't do menorahs. We just won't do the candelabras. Like, like we're done. We're just fucking done. We're a school. Let's be a school. Right. How about we teach kids for the next 36 hours before they go on Christmas break right. instead of like, you know, force candy canes and Santa into their face. Okay. So anyway, they wrote in their letter, we sent a demand letter, a demand letter to the Elkhorn School District last Friday, demanding a response by close of business this past Monday. The school district attorney responded and advised that the action of Principal Sinclair was contrary to the school district policy. Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council, told CNN. While we did not ask for Principal Sinclair to be placed on administrative leave, oh, by the way, they definitely did. (laughs) We did believe she should apologize and that the situation be corrected immediately. On Wednesday, Sinclair sent out an email to parents apologizing for any confusion. Quote, Last week, in an attempt to provide clarity, I mistakenly sent out an internal staff memo detailing what can and cannot be done in a public school surrounding the holiday season, she wrote. I wanted to reach out and make sure our families understand what occurred and what has been done to correct the issue. I understand that the information I initially provide 
was incorrect, and I sincerely apologize for any confusion or concern this has caused and the negative attention this issue brings to the district in Manchester. Um, blah, blah, blah. Basically, she's still on administrative leave, and this thing goes on to discuss that this was actually her, her first year in the role of principal right, at this school. Right. She's like let, laying the law down. Right, it's her first exactly. Year. This, is, this is how it's going on, people. Yeah. I'm in charge, and we don't do Christmas at the school. I mean, people in their first year definitely like to make changes. They yeah. definitely like to make a ruckus. And and also, if if as the attorney for the district stated that this is contrary to the policy of the district, don't you think somebody at the district should have let her know that? Is there uh, is there anything I, a principal could do that I'd the district doesn't know? If there's a policy, a holiday policy. There's definitely not a holiday policy that no. says that. No. Um. But here's okay. So here's. Is this one where you talk about our personal thoughts about please, how we feel about please. the holidays? Well, what's yours? About holidays in the classroom? Yes. All right. So so here's my thing is Because I, I have I, I I go ahead. As 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 we stated earlier, you know, every every school has their own things. And really what I find is that every administrator has their own things. Right. They're things that they like, they're things that they don't like, and they all love to play in the gray. They all love to play right in the middle of what's appropriate and what's not. And for example, there's a lot of principals out there who are like, no costumes on Halloween. Uh, that's, yeah. And you're like, and, really? And in New York City, that's really common. It's really common. Really common. It's really common. So there's a lot of principals that want to say- I have never worked in a school in New York City where costumes were allowed on Halloween. Right, right. Ever. Right. And you're a big both, Halloween person. Both public and private. <laughs> right. I have never. Right. Yeah. So I love Halloween. So that's a big deal. And, and that's a big deal for kids that you're just shutting that down. You're shutting down. And, this, yeah, and the, same, the same principles that will say that and that will have these very wishy-washy, unclear things around like, we'll oh, make, well, we'll well, make everybody scary and they have masks yeah. and weapons and this and that. But it's okay if we make latkes. Yeah, they're the same uh, principals. Yeah. Exactly. They're the same administrators who are then saying, oh, yes, parents should definitely come in and do St. Patrick's Day. And celebrate uh, their culture. Yeah, Diwali. St. Patrick's Day festivities and do and do make latkes and, and make, do and Diwali. Make, and make light dias for yes. Diwali. Yes. Like, do you have any Indian moms in your class? And then you're also now offending people because you're asking them, can you come in and celebrate Diwali? And they're like, we don't Why do you it. assume I celebrate Diwali? Cause, exactly. Because my last name is Singh. Thanks, motherfucker. Right. With an H and a, yeah, and a, and a G. Right. Right. And an N? Right. So so right. so it's like so my, yeah. so my thing is um my thing is I I definitely think that uh stuff around Christmas look, I think that holiday craft projects are bullshit. Don't fucking do no holiday crafts. They all come out the same, they all suck, and kids don't have fun doing them. Especially if it's the gingerbread house. <laughs> because you know that the only people that are working on those gingerbread houses are not those little five-year-old hands. It's the grown-ups. And and I, I I think I think we shouldn't necessarily be pushing holidays on kids, but if kids bring shit up, we shouldn't be ignoring it either, right? Exactly. So if, so if kids wanna come in for Halloween in a costume and they're doing it in a if you lay out guidelines and they're doing it in an appropriate way, that's fine. 
If kids want to come in and hand out Valentines, that's fine. If kids want to come in and sing Jingle Bells on their way to the fucking gym, Diana is not going to tell them they can't do it because it's some kind of religious well, observance. unless you're head of school and school's <laughs> policies tell you otherwise. Um, Go ahead. Okay, so this is... Okay, so I've, 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 I agree with you. I think if you're going to say no Halloween, we don't do commercial holidays at this school, then guess what? Christmas and Hanukkah are also commercial holidays. You know what I'm saying? So you can't do anything. Like, yeah. you either go balls to the wall or you don't do anything at all, in my opinion. Now, I, we both worked in a place where the, uh, the winter holidays, particularly Kwanzaa, Hanukkah and Christmas, I felt took over the month of December. Completely. And I felt that my curriculum was completely disrupted because we had to make gingerbread houses. I'm right. sorry, graham cracker homes. And we had to get ready for this holiday show. Right. And we had to, um, and then we had to dedicate ourselves to Kwanzaa and we made, uh, like, I literally made, what are the, the, the kente cloths? You made the place Literally, or, yeah, literally yeah. took like orange yeah. and yellow construction paper, showed them pictures of kente cloths and they tried to like make patterns out of right. tape. right. And like, I remember I hung that, I hung that up as a display and it looked beautiful. And I wrote like, oh, we'd study Kwanzaa. And, I'm, and I thought like in my little right. white brain, like, right. why am I what was, like, yeah, I was going to say, what was, what was your curriculum that year? Was I was it, wasn't like, it onomatopoeia and, and like no, comic this was, books? You, this is before. Oh, okay. Like, like I felt, nothing to do with the holidays I at felt all. Like I felt proud of myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm celebrating <laughs> so many cultures. So and diverse so, right now. I've learned so much my about so myself culturally inclusive and i i've learned so much about this holiday and how beautiful kwanzaa is right. and i can spell it correctly without looking it up on my phone and preach I, it sister i'm amazing and then i thought i'm like i'm actually just like culturally appropriating this, is... this holiday <laughs> like it took me a couple of years to realize like how how fucked up like anyway so so I felt it was really, really disruptive. Yeah. So when I went to my school now, which is an international baccalaureate school, it's an international school, it has international curriculum that's used worldwide and all the other IB schools, they're like, we don't do commercial holidays. Right. We do cultural holidays. Right. We'll do Diwali. We'll do uh, Lunar New Year. Uh, but it's only... Um, like with families involved and right. it's not a big deal and we do it at like assembly time right so we have a weekly assembly the parent can come with the child talk about Diwali and that's it it's not we're not doing a project we're not doing art based around it it's just like here's our culture we want to talk to you the the Chinese class because we teach teach Mandarin at my school they go up and they do uh like happy new year song or whatever and then and the whole and the whole class including myself wears red that day and that's Okay. Right. But these are not commercial holidays. They're not. Christmas is considered a commercial holiday. Valentine's Day is considered a commercial holiday. And Halloween is considered. These are things that are made up by not, they're not yeah. religious or cultural. But you can, you, I have to argue that because I think Halloween is cultural. I think it's American culture. Oh, it is cultural. Oh no, Halloween and is cultural. And so I think you're sort of like walking this fine line of, 
She's like, well, we don't celebrate Halloween. It's not cultural. I'm like, but it's cultural to this school and yeah. these American kids. It's, it's cultural to New York and City. And so it's, it's like, cultural so, to this region. So why? So it's really hard. Christmas, I understand, has religious. Well, actually, it's religious and cultural and commercial. So actually, I just think we don't. I, but I think, but I think if we're going this far, it's like well, maybe we shouldn't celebrate celebrate Diwali or Lunar New Year. Then if we're not celebrating Christmas right, or Halloween, right. no, right. So, but then again, you know, our argument at our school is well, we're a Chinese speaking school, right? Okay, fine, like, right. Okay. So it's, it's so I love not celebrating the holidays. It's fantastic. It must because I feel like it's not. I, I'm doing my curriculum this week right. all the way up till Friday right. when we are off, and I don't have to like have parents come in and like can we make cookies and right. like whatever you know I don't have to deal with all that. So it's it's really funny that you. But you I love up, Christmas. Sure, who doesn't? It's really funny that you brought up this this idea of Christmas. Being a a commercial holiday, which which I like, and I'm I'm going to appropriate myself um, for for an argument that frankly I already had in the chamber, but you're just making it all the sweeter and easier for me, which is that. So listen, the 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 reason why I even read the CNN story about this principal being put on leave is obviously because this is a continuation of what some people call the war on Christmas, the idea that. Christmas is somehow under attack by multiculturalism and people who want to say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. And it started with Donald Trump and the, the Starbucks cup. Remember oh, that? was that? I do remember the Starbucks cup. I yes. think that started the war on Christmas. Uh, you might be right. It, it's a pretty recent thing, the, the yeah. war on Christmas. Two years ago. Um, but it, it, is, it is now one of the continual wars that we're in, much like the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan yeah. and even the war, war in Yemen. Um, we're, we're just in it. We're deep in it. But so, uh, it's, it is a funny one, um, because as far as I'm concerned, the war on Christmas is over and guess what? Christmas won and we all (laughs) win and we all win because we all love and celebrate Christmas. And the reason why I say we all, and I include myself as again, a, a, double Jew, married to a Jew, like, is because right. is we celebrate Christmas way more than we celebrate Hanukkah because Christmas is not Christian. No. And it's not religious. I mean, there it's Jesus's birthday. It, but it's also not. Like, we also know because Jesus was an actual person, whether he was the Messiah or not. Right. Jesus was an actual person. I don't know if... Elijah was an actual person. I don't know if Noah was an actual person. Right. But I know Jesus was an actual person. <laughs> and I know when he was born. And it wasn't Christmas time. <laughs> it was not December 25th. He was born in the spring. But also, when my kids are talking about Christmas, they're not talking about Jesus. They're talking about one motherfucker. Santa Claus. Yeah. That's all Christmas is to kids. Can I just tell you? Please. This is the first year I've had two kids two kids in my class say, do you know that it's almost Jesus's birthday? Oh, that's weird. And I was like, wait, <laughs> are head, we in downtown Manhattan right now? I was like, not like Santa's coming to my house. Two kids, not at the same time, on two separate occasions in my class, 
it's almost Jesus's birthday. Oh my God! I was so surprised. But so so besides, but we're talking about Santa Claus. Besides besides the fact that Christmas is again, we're putting it out there, just a commercial holiday akin to Valentine's Day. Yeah. In that it's a day where you buy things for somebody for somebody, and then you give it to them, and there's romanticism, and there's love, and there's this and there's that. At the same time, I'm gonna hip people to another little secret. Hanukkah is fucking bullshit. Oh, yeah. Hanukkah is the biggest sack of crap lie that has ever been propagated. The, the eight presents against, for every night? Come on. First of all, nobody has ever gotten eight presents for every night. That's just that's the myth that no, little Jewish kids know. tell to little Christian kids no, to feel better about themselves. No, that definitely happened when I was... I grew up in like well, the maybe they got eight shitty Jewish presents. part of Long Island ever. <laughs> And those kids every day talked about which one they got. The but the before. reason the reason I say that Hanukkah is bullshit is because Hanukkah is not a high holy holiday. It's as non-religious as as Christmas is. In fact, in the whole story of Hanukkah, which is about a bloody war, it's literally about a bloody revolutionary war <laughs> that, that as somehow most Jewish stories that some start. yes. Except this was a war they won somehow. <laughs> and they won it, and as they're cleaning up the dead Roman bodies all around them in the temple, they, they seem to start running out of oil. oil. <laughs> and the miracle is that the oil managed to last for eight days. Again, while they were cleaning up rotting corpses. Maybe they just put some of the rotting corpse <laughs> Maybe blood they turned them, inside yeah, the lamps. Yeah, exactly. They, they burned that fat, that fatty Roman uh, body. Eight crazy nights. Eight crazy nights. <laughs> But so what's funny is God ain't in that story. God never shows up. God doesn't smite the Romans. Right. He doesn't save the 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 you the Maccabees. You just a bunch of motherfuckers. You just you happen, murdered people. And you happen <laughs> to have some extra light. Good for you. So it's not there. It's not a very special holiday. It just happens to come around the same time as Christmas. And they're like, so they were like, hey, we wanted, we got these, an idea. We want, we wanted all these presents. We've got a really great marketing idea. You know, we we invented marketing. You know, we we wrote all the ads in the sixties. We we've got a big thing. Coming. Yeah, yeah, here yeah. it is. Yeah, Hanukkah. When did Hanukkah presents start? I don't know. That's a really good idea. That's a good question. Yeah. I have no idea. Like, when did Hanukkah your your mom start. and dad get Hanukkah presents? Probably. Probably. Yeah. But did did your grandparents get Hanukkah presents? I don't. I don't think so. I I would not imagine my grandparents. My grandparents also. It depends. We're I not. Guess, on your we're background. not from America. So yeah, it depends on the background of your grandparents. It I'm definitely. Sure. It definitely depends on their background. But but I think to your point, like it's not a Jewish thing to get presents on Hanukkah. It's an American thing to get presents on Hanukkah. Right, right, right. Like, it's a Long Island thing, as you pointed out, yeah. to get presents and, on and Hanukkah. the last night was definitely the Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs> like, we start off we start off with, like, some, some slacks and some socks. Right, 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 right. And then we move on to, like, you know, maybe, like, a My Buddy. I think the first night is and a bag they, of guilt. The first night's just a bag of bag guilt, guilt, right? Yeah, you just probably. get the candy, right, to warm you up. Okay, I'm getting into this. Then, yeah, right, maybe some slacks, some clothing, some necessities. Yeah, def- definitely, like, maybe, like, some a He-Man right. and G.I. Joe's, but then the Nintendo's the last night. Yeah, by night six, when you're really chancing burning your fingers off on the menorah, that's yeah. when they start getting the good stuff out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. 
I feel you. So, so again, the, the major point here is that there is no religion in Christianity. In, in Christianity. There's no religion in Xmas. There's yeah. no religion in Hanukkah. There's just no God. Right. And, and Kwanzaa is also a secular holiday. Invented in the 60s. Designed to be a secular holiday. So, I, I, you know, I just don't even know what the fuck anymore. Okay. I just don't. So do we move into Kwanzaa? I think, I think we take, I think we're going to take a pause. Okay. And we're going to come back with the snack report. Okay. You're going to play some cool with indie Kwanzaa. music. I'm gonna indie p- Christmas music? I'm going to find some indie fucking Christmas music to bumper this shit Not- with. G-I-N-G Not that one. I, I'm sure Yola Tango has done some version of Jingle Bells that I can put on. No, I don't know that one. Beat you up. It's like, who sings that? It's like a song about like beating up the mall Santa. Father Christmas, give us some money. I don't know. I'll put that one on. What's the one where Santa comes and fucks mom? Isn't there Okay, that's like a little much. Oh my God. There's definitely one where Santa Santa comes in and and sleeps Ooh, with somebody's mom. Backdoor Santa's a good one. <laughs> you know that one? I don't know. It's it. like Otis Redding, bam, a backdoor Santa or something like that. Whoa, that is raunchy. Yeah, and he I like love com- it. He like comes in and like, he's like, why are you not looking at oh. backdoor Santa? Yeah. It's, I do know that. That is sounding We have more a lot. There's, there's a lot coming, I think. You might yeah. have to have a whole musical. We'll definitely we have do have to mu- break this up even more. Well, I, I think we're also going to have to talk about Christmas movies at some point, too. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, but uh, we'll be right back on the other side of this awesome indie bumper music uh, with the snack <laughs> report. See you in a minute. I know what you're doing to me, but you move so fast like a psychopathic color TV with your Christmas bag and your jolly face and the reindeer stomping all over the place. Take it easy, what you gotta be so certain. You make it sound like Christmas is a four-letter word. It's a fact of life, whether you like it or not. So put your hands together and give it a shot. I hope that you take it to heart, boy. It's Christmas time, ain't no clowning around. And if you think you got something to Way too much fun off air. Yeah, we have. Bad, well, Pauline bad. just came home. So. Yes, that's right. Wife oh, I'm of the sorry. Pod. Came into the studio. Wife, phantom wife of the pod, uh, just entered the Freddie D Studios. She came to, in with her teacher gift. Just to give us the the most up to date Harlem uh, report. And yes, she came in with her with her holiday gift, a a Herschel backpack. I mean, what was what was the shit is snazzy. But it's monogram. Is that the school? It's monogram. Yeah, that's the school's. That's the school's emblem there. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, flagship school uh, shall not be named. Okay. Um, <laughs> None of our schools will ever be named. There. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's keep but, some distance. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody is in the holly jolly spirit, if you will. <sighs> Jolly, jolly. <laughs> I just did some sounds Diana's in motion. Diana's doing sounds in motion. So, so I don't. I no longer do sounds in motion in my classroom. I do. Still. Um, but right. So wait, you do you do as part of your curriculum, or just because like it's naturally occurring no, for I, you to when, do that? No, I when, when, when I teach kindergarten, so we still teach handwriting. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there are some, like, the vowels are still tough with the letter sounds. Right. So before we, like, do the handwriting letter yeah. of the day or the week or yeah. whatever, we do go over the sound. Right. With the motion. And you do the motion. And I don't really overemphasize it after a while. Right. Um, the only one I really, so with the vowels, um, at, eh, eh, ah, uh, should probably figure out what that was. That was A-E-I-O-U. Yeah. I do really overteach those because yeah. those are really, really tough. It's so hard. And I actually, with eh, you know, like you turn, you're turning eh, your hands like an Etch-a-Sketch. Eh is my favorite one because, yeah, you call it turning your hands like an Etch-a-Sketch. I call it tweaking the nipples. Totally. but That's like, what the eh motion so is. So you know what I do hands. when I teach eh, eh, which is like taking your two hands and turning like large Etch-a-Sketch knobs. Right. I actually show them. Large areolas. They don't know what etch a sketch is. No, they have no idea. They're they're like they're like <laughs> you the, could say the, radio dials like and they'd di- still be like, what the fuck? They're are you talking digital about, native. Diana? They're digital natives. They don't know. So anyway, I actually tell them what that toy used to be, and I show them the video of Buzz. <laughs> I'm sorry, of Woody going, oh, "Hey, etch, draw." Oh yes, the Toy Story video. And of then course. and then I'll actually show them like a boring YouTube video right. of like a guy making something really cool. Oh, and yeah. let me tell you something, my kids all know. The sound eh, eh, I bet eh, they know it better than they know eh. After that four-minute mini lesson of those <laughs> two videos, because I'm a genius teacher. It's so, it's so funny that you still do the sounds in motion. Uh, we both learned sounds in or I learned sounds in motion from the school we shared. Yeah, so did I. Um, but but it not being in my curriculum anymore, I, I, I'm just not doing it. It's just sort of falling out of, of favor for me right now. But it's so funny because I still think about the motion every time I say the sounds now. Right. And like sometimes I almost do it, but like maybe my hands are full of like dry erase markers at the moment because right. I'm like yeah, writing I still it on do a board. It anyway. yeah. and, and then I'm like, oh, Gabe, you actually don't have to pull a rope when you say R. Yeah. You can R. just say R. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Last week, a teacher, an, uh, an old teacher friend of mine that taught with me at my current school now is at uh, the new WeGrow school. Oh, sure. So basically they have no curriculum yet. Nothing. They, they're, Have yeah. you read, uh, you know, let's cover this next time. There's a new article about WeGrow. We should. We haven't covered WeGrow since they announced sh- their inaugural yeah. year. And it's falling into the same. But anyway, well, sure. let's, let's, let's save. Let's we'll save that. Shelf it. That's a teaser. Let's take that That's off. That's what we call a professional let's teaser take that by offline. Diana. Let's, let's take that offline. <laughs> um, but anyway, she works at WeGrow and she's building curriculum, mm-hmm. I suppose. She's like, hey, can you send me a video of you doing sounds in motion? So literally on Tuesday, I sent her a video of me doing sounds in motion. Great. So Great. Very topical. Love okay, it. so let's do a... So we're doing a snack report. Okay. So we've got a holiday-themed snack report. You can hear it. Now, I, I was a little disappointed because I searched many grocery stores and I was unable to find a single snack that had a Christmas theme to it that had like you know, uh, a Santa hat on it or anything. I mean, I could find Mickey's fucking 90th birthday Oreo. Or you can find I couldn't find Girardelli chocolates, but yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't find a Christmas snack. But Diana managed to find the perfect snack. It's all about Trader Joe's, my friends. So this is the Trader Joe's peppermint bark popcorn. In large words, it says peppermint bop, bark popcorn. But in small words, I'm going to read you the, the description. Finer print. It's also great packaging because it's a reindeer and the bag is 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 opaque with the reindeer, but the only thing that's 
transparent is the reindeer's mouth is wide open and you could see through the mouth and you could see the peppermint bark inside and it's this huge his cartoonish mouth. mouth so it's like yeah. he's got and he's all like, of ah. these like filled in his mouth it's so cute Genius. okay peppermint bark They're popcorn clever. small print caramel popcorn coated in dark chocolate and enrobed in a white chocolate and peppermint candy coating so from first glance you don't see the dark chocolate you only because this these are these are essentially white balls with pink and red specks right but but they upon, kind of, you know you know what they almost look like they almost look like the mints the after meal mints uh-huh. that you get at the end of a diner meal but if you bite into it and look at it you do see the dark chocolate in there it, it's got everything and in the it. popcorn yeah and and of course the the word enrobed which you don't hear or read often is just so fitting and, this is and my third so bag wintry. this season wow wow um joe's as we say is getting it done yeah joe's is definitely getting it done once again here these are delectable they have just the right amount of peppermint just just the perfect like bite through right nothing hard or too like crunchy it's not gonna pull fillings out or anything no and then you get like that movie popcorn yeah. situation it's so good yeah um and actually i'm glad we should we, I'm, should, we should buy another bag of that so it's in your march madness uh we will be collecting entries for next uh, for the 2019 snack bracket. Snack of bracket, sorry, March Madness. Um, sorry, March big, Madness is copyrighted. The big dance, as we say. Um, but I'm glad you brought up the the packaging too, because I feel like Joe's is getting a lot funner in their packaging. Totally, they're, they're getting loose. Totally funner. Yeah, yeah, they're getting loose. They're getting frisky. I mean. Yeah. Not only not only does the reindeer have all of these things in its enormous cartoonish mouth, but it's the and it's the actual product that you can and see. And it's the actual product, but it's also got like pinwheel uh, peppermints on the ends on of the antlers, its antlers. Yes, and it's and just peppermints totally awesome. are decorating the tree, and it's snowing popcorn around his head, and it's like and it's pink, which is also like not a Christmas color, so it's like. But this screams Christmas because he's got a Santa, still screams Santa Christmas. hat says Trader Joe's. There's Christmas trees. There's I just, a snowy I just, ground. I just like thinking that, that Joe's is also doing like a little bit of subversive humor in there by making it pink. Sure. You know, just like, hey, we're not going to fall into the same, you right, know, peppermint uniform bark, line. Red yeah, yeah. And white and brown. Right. Um, red, white, and brown is in there. They're in there. But it's not. Yeah. It's great. Right. Um, Home run. Total Trader Joe's home run. So we left you all in suspense about a certain holiday. Oh yeah, goes by the spelling of K W A N Z A A. Kwanzaa. <laughs> it's it's the dark horse, my friend, of the, of the holiday season. Uh, that was a reference to uh, one of our favorite Kwanzaa songs from one of our favorite music teachers. Yeah. Um, who had a lot of great holiday songs. That you heard nowhere else. Ne- uh, the most original sounding holiday songs. It's a holiday of our people. Cha-cha. A time we now commemorate. Hail the past and mold the future. Uh. A time we now... K-W-A-N-Z-A-A. I heard that shit for it five was so years good. straight. 
It's like, so good. Gio actually changed it to, it's a holiday of our nannies. And then I said, <laughs> no, Gio, because they don't no, even celebrate no, it either. No. Caribbean nannies were not celebrating it. No. <laughs> um, and then what was the well, uh, Ocho Candelitas? Ocho uh, Candelicas? Ocho Candelicas. So, a, I, so many questions I have about. Spanish Hanukkah song. Yeah. And they count up to eight in Spanish for the candles. Uno candelicas, dos candelicas. Ocho candelas para mí or whatever it was. Canico lindos, dos Genius. I don't know. Genius. So much better than Dreidel Dreidel, which is the worst song ever. Right, but she's like... She even had a better verse for... She had added verses for Dreidel 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 that I'd never heard before. Wait, there was deep cuts. Deep cuts. <laughs> yo, fucking yo, you know, you know how you know how actually like the, the Star Spangled Banner has like five verses, but we only ever sing the first one. Or yeah, Davy Crockett. <laughs> He's got like twenty-eight. <laughs> or like American Pie, like, you know, a thirteen minute song. No, right? I know all the verses of American <laughs> okay, Pie. Fine. You come know on. All the come on, come on. But but yeah, deep fucking cut verses. On on dreidel dreidel dreidel. What it, it it has a slender body with legs so short sure, and, and thin. And, and, and when, when it, it gets, gets all tired, tired it, dro- it drops and, and then, then I, I win. win. What the fuck is that? I don't know, but it's gold. It's solid <laughs> motherfucking gold. Gold records there. Americana classics. <laughs> so anyway, um, but we're we're here to talk about Kwanzaa now, which um. It, it, and not obscure and, and like we don't know these Spanish speaking Jews but if you're <laughs> out there man does this school have a song for you anyway I mean there must be an even smaller percentage of Spanish, of speak- Spanish Jews <laughs> than, than there are black Jews or Ethiopian Jews or right? apparently like, probably a smaller percent of Spanish speaking Jews than people that celebrate Kwanzaa <laughs> people that celebrate Kwanzaa <laughs> so um, so, so Kwanzaa is is a fun topic to talk about in that, you know, it's still for for all its hype and for all its pushing. In, nobody knows schools, about it and it's still mysterious. Still nobody knows anything about it. Um, in fact, one of my favorite Futurama jokes of all time is when um, the uh, the Santa bot and Bender come up, come upon the uh, uh, the Kwanzaa bot who's okay. voiced by Coolio. And they're like, Perfect. they're like, they're like, what's up, Kwanzaa bot? And he's like, nothing. I'm just handing out these books. And the book says, what is Kwanzaa anyway? <laughs> and, and then he says in the most like despondent tone, he's like, man, I've been handing these out for 500 years. And nobody knows. <laughs> like, well, it's more true. like, more like, like 60 years or 50 something well, years. But yeah, trauma takes place in the year 3000. Oh, okay. So sorry. that's why it's been it's Futurama. Yes, because it's Futurama. Okay. Sorry, that was a um, stupid move. But part. but right. So so Kwanzaa was brought to you by the 1960s and brought to you by the Black Power movement. Yes. Um, and specifically uh, by a woman named Milana. Mo- I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation, but Milana Karenga. Um, and it. Sorry, created in the 1970s, the celebration begins December 26th and continues through January 1st with each of the seven days dedicated to one of the principles, the seven principles of Kwanzaa. Um, and, and I've read stories to kids. They're really lovely principles. Oh, my God. 
the communist for sure. The principles are the most amazing things. Like that's yeah. the best part of bringing working this together. Up. It, there's a, yeah, there's definitely like a tinge of communism with the working together for if, like to make like like as one or something. If like I you can, could, you could see the undertones, but it's yeah. not like. If, if, to, to kids, it's just cooperation or right, whatever. Right, right, you know right, what I right, mean? Right, right, yeah. right. It's just anyway. working together. Right. Yeah. If I can read the principles to you, they are unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility. Collective, that's the one. Collective oh, wait, but work. there's another one. Cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith. Like, how can you go wrong with any of those principles? Like, really... I feel like the cooperative economics they skip in the kids' books. Well, they probably do. I don't really do. remember talking about that. They probably do, but it's there. I mean, the economics comes up, too, in, in what I remember, at least. I'm not sure if this uh, discussion has it. This is from Kwanzaa Celebrates Culture, Diversity, Pride of African Americans like by NWI.com. No, it's NWI.com. I'm not sure what this site is, anyway. Um, it's better than the last one that I found our Kwanzaa article on, which turned out to be some sort of alt-right site. Uh, but <laughs> they hid that until I got to the end of the article. So we skipped over that one, this this recording. Um, but but do you, but their percentage is true about the percentage of black people that celebrate Kwanzaa? I think, I think the... It's, is I, it really 1.25% of black people in America? They were citing... I really do want to know. They were citing um, a study from 2006, I want to say by the National Retail Federation, which I'm it's not like sure what that is. 500,000 people celebrate it Kwanzaa? It did. It said that 500,000 500, out of 40 million African Americans celebrates Kwanzaa. Now, right, I don't know how they would possibly be able to, to determine that. that. There isn't, like, census data on that. So yeah, clearly did they anyone took, fill out the census with, like, Clearly they took some Kwanzaa kind of sample chicken? size. You know, they asked 100 people on the street, kind of like family yeah. feud style, like... 100, yes, people, 100 people. 100 people pulled. What don't, what don't you want to see when you wake up in the morning? Grandma naked. Or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. And then, and, then, and then one person was like, sure, I celebrate Kwanzaa. I celebrated it like in the third grade, motherfucker. And they wrote <laughs> yeah. that down in the study. They and were like, like one out one of 100 po- people. 1.25% of black Americans. Um, yeah. Right. So they probably made that number up. But it is... It is low. And it does... I mean, for, but it's for my everywhere. money's worth... Like, it's literally like... You'd be hard pressed. Like you, you land in an airport, MCO, O'Hare, Newark. You'll see a Christmas tree. Right. You'll see a pretty sizable menorah, and then right. you'll see a Kwanzaa Kinara with like, and sometimes you'll get a basket of yams or some shit with right. it, you know, and like, and definitely a kente cloth. Right. Uh, and like, you'd be hard pressed not to find that stuff now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep reading from this one for a sec. So. Um, According to Jonathan Booz, Kwanzaa and Juneteenth committee president and organizer in Gary, in Gary, Karenga was a professor and chairman of black studies at California State University during the 1960 Watts riot in the Los Angeles area. Karenga developed Kwanzaa as a way to bring African-Americans together and garner a sense of pride at this contentious time. Kwanzaa combines aspects of African harvest celebrations, hence the yams, Right. And centers on lighting the seven candles of the Kinara, or special candelabra, that each represent a different principle or ideal, Booz said. Um, and then this, so this is the part that I find interesting. So many African Americans celebrate the conventional Christmas, December 25th. And some observe Kwanzaa as well. And I think what we're sort of getting at is like, right, uh, there's, there's certainly a sense in America that, 
you know, that that African Americans in large part are Christ, of Christian faith. They celebrate Christmas. Christmas because it's a commercial holiday, as we stated, that even right. everybody and, you know, atheists and Whether non secular and secular celebrate can be right. and a lot of them might not be. Right? And so they're cel- so they're celebrating Christmas in their homes and then not necessarily celebrating Kwanzaa in their homes, which comes right. you know right afterwards. But that but that it is, to your point, this public display. There is there is yeah. always this public display. Like right? we don't want to offend anybody. Right. There's there's a Kinara in my in my well, happy front Kwanzaa. office. Happy Kwanzaa, Kareem. Uh, right, you and right. your family it's have at a the great airport. <laughs> great time with your yams and your robes. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. Like. But but in large part when 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 right, exactly. When you make that assumption and you're like, Oh, hey, are you having a, a Kwanzaa celebration this year? Kids will look at you like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Come again? Right. Qua what? Did, sorry. You cannot sorry. ask. I'm sorry. If you're sorry, did you just did you just stroke out there a little bit? Qua yeah. Quan what? If you are a teacher in no. twenty eighteen asking why kids if they celebrate Kwanzaa, well, that is no, you just can't do that. You definitely can't. Which is which is why again we just we shouldn't even be saying any of these fucking things. You just shouldn't be asking at all. Yeah, I'd say Christmas. You shouldn't I even be asking that. I don't know what my kids are celebrating. I put I put Christmas on the. I put up. Uh, sorry, actually, I put a picture uh, that I drew, a hand drawn picture of Santa Claus on our calendar. By the way, when you draw Santa with a black marker and no color whatsoever, and you fill in his beard. He looks like a Hasidic Jew. It's actually quite oh, funny. 100%. It's super great. I almost put a top hat on him afterwards yeah. just to be like, let's go full on, you know. Here's the strings that Bay hang Ridge out of his pants here. on Fridays <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's give him some tzitzim, you know, and some payas and keep it moving. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't ask any of my fucking kids what they celebrate at all. I also don't they'll, even ask them when their birthdays are at this point. You never know when you got a Jehovah's Witness. They'll tell you they'll when it's time. They'll fucking tell you. Right. Right. They tell on themselves all the time. So <laughs> they better let you know. But anyway, uh, in large part, all, all we really want to say about Kwanzaa is like, again, I, I think it's so beautiful. And I think it's so beautiful that this person concocted this secular, again, right. super important secular religion to say, hey, you know what? Fucking black power, fucking black pride. You know, we need to run this Civil shit. Civil rights movement. Civil yeah, rights came out of that. Voting sure. rights. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to be collective. We need to work together. This is about empowerment. Like all the best things are there. And right, it's kind of a shame that there's like no momentum around it because I think, like we said, there's just no momentum around any holiday that isn't commercial. I mean, even Thanksgiving, even right. though we don't like buy gifts for each other, Thanksgiving's as fucking commercial as any of There's the others. There's only momentum around Thanksgiving is because everybody has off. Everybody has off, right? It's a national holiday, yeah. right? Um, yeah, everybody has off, and and, and there's and, football. And if on. you think about it, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving is Black Friday has turned Thanksgiving into, into a Christ- commercial holiday into Christmas. Yes, correct. It's like folded in. Oh. Remember, uh, remember when you were a kid, the first time you saw a Christmas commercial was like the second the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was over. Yeah, and it was like always the Hess truck commercial. Yeah, or or the, they do exist. <laughs> like peanut M&M's commercial. That's, that is the best one, though. Yeah, like that one. Or they the still Fruity run Pebble. that commercial. The Fruity Pebbles one was good. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Fred. Merry Christmas, Barney. 
that one or it's like but that was like that was at like two o'clock on thanksgiving and right. that's when they started running that stuff now forget it Anec- anecdotally i i speak to more people every year who tell me that they didn't have thanksgiving with their family they they just stayed home they watched the parade in- increasingly, and then increasingly. and then they went to walmart Right, and then they they went to somewhere for their Black Friday special, right. which now starts on the Thursday. Right. Thursday at six o'clock, you can be at any big box but store. But I think the internet's changing. I think the internet's changing the Black Friday paradigm. I don't like. We used to be so hyper focused ten years ago on watching people like trample each other. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, people have died and whatever. But now with the online deals. That right. happen on two Monday before. Cyber Monday. Right. No, the like even before that. Before oh yeah, yeah. Cyber yeah. Monday, De- deals. You don't really need, and I don't think they do. And I, I think there's some that do it for the thrill of the hunt, like the old school Black Friday, like fanboys. Right. If, if that's what you want to call them, but right. I don't, I don't think it's got. The, it doesn't have the momentum that it used to have. Right. You're not seeing that in the news anymore. About people camping out. Not. They don't have to camp no, out at Circuit City. Because there's no more Circuit City. <laughs> you certainly don't have to camp out anymore. I think definitely like Prime has probably, Amazon Prime has probably changed a lot of it too. Oh, definitely. And Prime but Now and all that shit. Amazon's changed yeah. the way everybody shops. Yeah, yeah. Me? No. I save so much time in my life. Like I used to, you know, oh God, I have to go find red A7 envelopes. Better go to that stationery store. I don't do that anymore. I go buy my red A7 envelopes on Amazon, and they come in like 24 hours. Right. Anyway. Um, so Kwanzaa. Mm. Well, I yeah. Oh, no, I, I, done I, no I I just think I just think it's so beautiful. It it has no momentum. There's really no spirit behind it anymore. And I'm kind of curious, and you you can tell me what your thoughts are on this, but like. You know, obviously, Black Panther was a big ass fucking hit this past year. Huge, such a monumental hit, such it a big a hit with the kids. Movie. Excellent movie, and I'm just wondering, like, how can you work some motherfucking Black Panther into Kwanzaa and like and start selling and some like shit. bump that Kwanzaa game up? Yeah. Like, there's plenty of you know African garb I mean, in Black Panther. I mean, how know, many beautiful colors. black people can you possibly put in one movie? <laughs> oh, all of them. All of them. Everybody in that movie was the fucking most and, beautiful human being and, I've ever seen. And a lot of them shirtless and playing in the water, oh like my God. some really like, sexy fight scenes. Yeah, like the women, the men. I'm like, I don't even know what like sexual orientation I am anymore watching this movie. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I did just want to be wrapped up by many of those men and many of those women. I know. Just, just wrapped up in their arms. Yeah, in their in their in their in their kente cloths. It's yeah. true. So, so anyway. I, I think I think Black Panther Wakanda forever. Wakanda and Black Panther need to team up with the Kanara squad and yeah, like the, get, the Kanara squad. Get get Kwanzaa going. Again. What did Gio says there's there's Santa Claus, Hanukkah Harry, and Kwanzaa Kareem. <laughs> And they need to team up and make a movie. They should. Um, and call it like the all special holiday special. I mean, the 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 Hebrew Hammer has to be one of my favorite holiday movies. I don't know if you've ever Yo, seen it. Yo, get I eat in there whenever Adam, it falls. With Adam Goldberg. Um, Hebrew Hammer in which I believe Andy Dick plays some sort of evil elf that's trying to kill Hanukkah. It's genius. 
Um, bless you, by the way. Thank you. Um, so, uh, speaking of secularism, though. Sure. Um, our last holiday-related story, uh, before we move on to uh, the oh, Dean Report. Oh, we saved the best yeah. for last. Our last holiday story, um, I, I'm almost nervous to even read the headline because I don't want to spoil anything. But it, it comes from Newsweek, and I'm going to give you the headline. It says, Atheist couple barred from preschool over Christmas dispute awarded $9,000. So it's a great it's a great headline. Again, it does spoil a little bit, but there's still a a a, a mystery to this story that that I'm I, I just can't wait to unveil to you Diana and to the audience at home. Um because this one was fascinating. So this article from Newsweek uh written December 16th, 2018. An atheist couple in Canada Barred from preschool after complaining about Christmas celebrations have been awarded $12,000 Canadian, which is 9000 U.S., nice. by a tribunal. Outspoken parents Gary Mangle and Mai Yesui sued Bowen Island Montessori School in Bowen Island, British Columbia, after being asked to sign a Pause. letter. Pause. If you were a true Montessori school, you wouldn't have been celebrating Christmas. For anyway. real. No, for real. There's a, a conundrum here. Continue. After being asked to sign a letter agreeing to the school's cultural program. So already we're off to a bad start by this Montessori school, which is not only having Sending a Christmas a... celebration, but it's asking, it's, it's begging for consent from parents, right? Like, please sign this so we can celebrate Christmas? Basically. So the school hey, added... they asked. Well, let's see what but happens. that's not a good idea. So the school at... Yeah, compelling them to sign. Like, not a choice. You sign or you are barred, basically. Oh, yeah, that's not a good um, idea. The school added that the couple's... I thought maybe they'd find your kid to do something else. No, listen, they say it. The school added that the couple's child would not be enrolled for a new school year until the letter was signed. Yeah, no. You can't do that. I mean, you no. can't do that. So this school's off to a bad start. Okay, like, fine. Here's, you would say, hey, would you sign this, like, religious, whatever, celebration consent form? And if you say, we're Jehovah's Witnesses, we're not signing that, great, your child will be removed from that activity and they'll be given another right. activity that's right. just as academically challenging and right. stimulating or right. Right. whatever. Right, we're going to differentiate for right. your for cultural that, sensitivity. Yeah, right. that's what you should have not, done. Not, we're going we're gonna to expel you. That's what you should have done. Right. But, okay, that's fine. Okay. So the parents sued the school. Great. Arguing that barring their daughter from enrollment constituted discrimination over religion, race, ancestry, and family status. 100%. Obviously. 100%. It gets better. On Tuesday, British Columbia's Human Rights Tribunal ruled in their favor. Quote, At its core, it is about a letter which held a child's registration hostage to a demand, said tribunal member Barbara Kurenkowitz uh, in her decision on the case. The dispute began, this is where it gets really good. The dispute began in December 2014 when the parents, who were school board members, complained about plans for preschoolers to decorate Christmas elves. Totally unnecessary. When other board members suggested incorporating Hanukkah celebrations, Mangle responded that he was opposed to any religious festivity being marked by the school. Okay, like we already have an issue. Like... They were already planning on doing the elves. Then somebody brings up Hanukkah, and now suddenly Mangle has an issue. This is the father. Quote, I certainly hope that there will be no discussion of Santa Claus at school. I am absolutely against anyone blatantly lying to my daughter, he said in an email to board members. 
Mangled suggested. <laughs> wait, Mangled suggested students. They're also lying to your kid when they're reading them a fictional story, too. Yo, we lie to kids all the fucking time. Like, you, you, no joke, can't control when teachers are lying to your kids because it's happening a lot. Um, yeah. Like the lie about your permanent record, and this is going on your permanent record whenever you do something wrong. <laughs> or like. Lunch is in, like a kid, where's lunch soon? It's in five minutes. It's, really, it's, it's in five minutes, sweetie, but it's really in an hour. Or when, like, or, or when parents are late and you're like, oh, parents are on their way. Sometimes things happen. They get stuck in traffic. And it's like, actually, your mom forgot you. They are getting a manicure are, right yeah, now. Totally. It happens. Because <laughs> when she walks in with like paper flip-flops. <laughs> I'm lying on your behalf in that case. So, you know, really, you can you can put it under my tree. Um, but moving on. So Mangle, this is where it gets so good so fast. Mangle suggested students also make, quote, atheist Christmas ornaments. No such thing. That's an oxymoron. Don't <laughs> yeah. know what this guy's saying. This is one I had to start rereading oh, when I was so reading. Because I had no idea. Because I'm like, you, wait, you what? lose track of who the villain is in this story I also very lose quickly. Track of what the he- what the content is. So he suggests atheist Christmas ornaments to represent the views of his family. Including one that would say, quote, atheists don't fly airplanes into buildings with a picture of the World Trade Center. I that mean, one I definitely I mean, reread. I mean, guy, guy, you need to check yourself. Yeah. This now the is not a good idea. Crazy. <laughs> right, right. That's the thing that you like tell, you know, you tell your wife, yeah, I really want to write this. And they're like, okay, honey. You can write it and send it to this like dummy email account that I've created for you where you (laughs) send all your stupid ideas (laughs) because you cannot send that to them. So if this is going to make you feel better, uh, go ahead, mail it, mail it to Santa Claus. But the better one is coming. So in a dispute with the school administrator's husband over the use of God in the Canadian National Anthem, he said he would sue the school for asking children to sing it then performed Nazi salute and marched around singing a version of the song with alternative lyrics. So yes, that is one worthy of, of certainly a Gabriel and a Diana reread. But, yeah. but to describe it, he's having a fight with somebody else about God being in the Canadian National Anthem. I mean, guess what, buddy? It's in a lot of national anthems. Yes. And then he wrote his own version of it but it's not enough that he sings that. He, some, for some reason, zig hiles while he's singing it and march around, marches of, around. Is he in front of the school? It's in front of school board members, and it's in front of administration. Here, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> we were just having this discussion at school. Not, not about the same thing, but like, you send your kid to a school. We will treat your kid accordingly to like how much of an a-hole you are. Yeah, to how to how you treat everyone else. Right. Basically. If you're like if you're going to march into my we, head of school's office uh, with a ridiculous demand, not like you have no clue the amount of work that goes into being a teacher and building a school. You have no idea. Yeah. You douchebag that smokes pot all day and you make albums cuz you're like you know, oh, I'm a music producer yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You have no, I, I don't know what you do. 
I have no idea the work that entails that goes into your work. Nope. No clue. Nope. So you don't know what goes into mine. Right. So don't like walk in and berate my head of school because like this, that, the other thing, or your kid's not signed up for what they wanted because it was your fault because you didn't meet a deadline. Deadlines are deadlines or whatever. And then you're an asshole to her. We're going to be an asshole to you. Yeah. And your kids are probably not going to benefit from that. And that's, and that's the... And it's like, don't you get it? Like, yeah. do, don't you get I it? I don't march into your job and berate what you're doing all the time. Yeah. So why do you march into mine and tell me what to do? Did you get that master's degree in education? Right. right. I don't think so. I mean, the, the funny thing about the case is, is obviously we know teachers are underpaid. And, and as we know, they do one of the hardest jobs there is, right? And one of the most noble jobs there is. Right. Working with horrible children all the time. Um, by which I mean teaching the youth of the, you know, teaching the next generation and bringing up the next generation, right? And so we hold the moral high ground. Right. And guess what? We intend to motherfucking use it. Because right. we also are terrible fucking gossips at oh. every single school. Oh. So if you even if you even look the walls have ears and eyes, honey. If you even look sideways at a member of the janitorial staff, we all know it, and we're all talking about it behind your back. And he knows, and we're all treating you differently because of it. Right. (laughs) So, really, yeah, you want to be on your best behavior at school. Yeah. Um. When every every episode I'm on, I give parents some advice, <laughs> and that was the one. That's the one. That's I think tonight. it was the same advice as last time. But yeah, like we be on we your have best given behavior. that. Yeah, really though. Because really. if you act like a brat, and and listen, your it's, kid's gonna see that, and they're yeah. gonna act like one too. And listen, it's 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 also it's not about like being super nice and fake, and it's not about be it's not about giving gifts to your teachers at Christmas time, and it's not about us saying we want more money or anything like that. It's honestly like. We, most of us went into teaching because we believe in human decency and like we believe in bringing each other upright and like critical thinking and common sense stuff. So what? use your fucking common sense what? and be a decent human being. Like the other day <laughs> in Suzuki Violin, which is not a class I teach, but yes. it, is, it, is, it is an offering in my school. Two kids decided to use their violin bows as swords. Sure. And they were contacted by their parents that they were, because they pay, Suzuki Violin is is a paid extra thing. Separate account, right. Yeah, and it's during the school day. Right, contracted. Um, Yeah, so the teacher is not one of our our staff. She's a Suzuki teacher. Anyway, they had to sit out and the parents had to be notified because they pay for a service and their children lost. That service was not rendered. That service was not rendered that day because those children, like, because they couldn't handle it. You do not use a violin bow as a sword. Well, absolutely like, not. Rule number one: If I I played violin as well, I would never have done that with no, another kid. Of course kid. not. So they sat out and they had to like stare at everybody watching them, whatever. And like the one of the mothers like went ape shit on my head of school about like how like it's our fault that her son behaves this way. And I'm like, but this is a kid with like notorious behavioral issues, right? And it's like. This and this is why he has behavioral issues mm-hmm. because there's obviously no consequences. There's no at accountability. Because you're None defe- at home. you're defending your kids' actions, which were the wrong action, like the right. wrong choice. Right. So it you know you deal with this kind of st- especially in private school you deal with this kind of stuff. I mean, look here's, all 
the time. Here's, 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 you, you want to talk parent advice? I've got another piece of parent advice. It's, it's totally tied to this. Here's the thing about, about being a parent. And, and I say this not being a parent myself, but I, I firmly believe this to be true. I don't think any parent should ever apologize for their child's actions. Like, you don't have to be apologetic well, I'm for that. I'm so sorry you No, did that. no, right. Yeah. Save, save that shit, right? Like, you, your job as a parent is to love that child, to bring them up the best way that you can, and to, to just, you know, make the best possible life for them. But that being said, you don't have to apologize for the things they do. You do have to listen, but you may not argue. You may not right. argue or make with an excuse what, with what your teachers and your administrators are saying to you about your child. It's not up for debate. Right. We are the experts. We're not telling it to you to hurt your feelings. We're not telling it to you because we hate Johnny. We love Johnny. There's not a single we kid want I've ever best. hated. Yeah. We want the best for Johnny as much as you do. That's why we're telling you he was a fucking dick today. Yeah. And he was playing with his penis like a lightsaber at lunchtime. Right, right. And it's not our fault and he was doing that. someone else's food. <laughs> and it's not our fault he was doing that. So don't blame us when we tell you this. We're not saying it's your fault either. We're just saying... We didn't say play with your penis <laughs> and touch so-and-so's meatballs and strawberries. We didn't say it. We didn't ask him to do that. For real, though. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to finish this one real quick because it's it's just a doozy. So okay. so, so where we right, left so off... Not Nazi salute. Where we left off... At the board meeting. Dad, dad is singing make-believe, made-up national anthems for right. countries that don't exist <laughs> um, where he's also allowed to just march around Nazi zig heiling <laughs> in front of other grown adults. <laughs> So At the, a preschool board so, meeting. So the tribunal was critical of the couple's behavior, to say the least. <laughs> but said, Oh, really? <laughs> but said that at the core, its ruling was about the decision to bar the couple's child from the school rather than about its curriculum. I accept the, this is, from, this is coming from the judge now. I accept the evidence that child A was happy at the preschool and would have remained there but for her parents, uh, but for who her parents are, wrote the judge in the verdict. The school treated them differently from every other parent at the school. Yeah, because they were fucking different and right. they were fucking nut jobs. And by the end of this, you get to the point where you're like, so did they make every other parent sign this consent form? Or did they only try to make these people sign it as an excuse to kick them out because they're zig heiling all down the fucking hallways. Yeah. And like crip walking. Like these people are insane. Yeah. That's a crazy article. It was a crazy ass story. And don't you just really worry about this child now? Oh, who's being yeah. raised in the most batshit atheist <laughs> household? Like, again, you people are giving such a bad name to atheists and, you know, secular lifestyles because. Y'all are fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, don't go dragging atheism through the mud just because you suck and, like, right, can't right. keep it in your pants. Like, pull back a little bit. Like, maybe yeah. just hide who you are a little bit at your next preschool. 
Yeah. This was Maybe. not a good look. Yeah, I don't know. He might have been blacklisted on all the Montessori <laughs> schools in the area. Um, That's true. Montessori might no longer be an option. So are we going to take a break before we do the... Uh, yeah. The, the, what is it called again? We're, we're going to take a quick break before um, the, Diana's before Diana's regular segment, which, which shall not be named here. We will save the name oh, okay. on the other side. Save we, the name we on need, the other we side. Need, you know, we need to. We're gonna give you another indie some, Christmas song. Yeah, we're gonna give you some more music, and then, uh, and then on the other side, we're gonna we're gonna visit a very magical place. Some say the happiest place on earth, but most magical. Yeah. But but for others, it, it might be. It might be their last place. And we'll see what they just love me about my sister's Santa baby, slip a Rolex under the tree. bottom of my uh of bottom my of whiskey, your whiskey whiskey jungle juice <laughs> from the infinite straight from the infinity bottle the zuger infinity bottle um the jungle juice uh getting down to the bottom of that glass getting to see the bottom get to the bottom to of the, this peppermint bark too getting peppermint to the bark nub bark. of that crayon and diana i just have one request before we mm. sign off tonight mm, yeah and before my request take is off that for the holidays my request is that you give me and our rabidly fandom audience out there that you give us these straight uncut raw ass motherfucking d right now that's right you heard it folks segment give me the d with d and i'm gonna give it to you and she's gonna give it to us hard after for this segment i i have a a a, a preview segment which is connected um an article an unseen article by diana um about her beloved disney so this coming to us from gizmodo mm-hmm. heard of gizmodo the urban legend about scattering human ashes at disney is true and it's worse than we thought. So this from October 24th, uh, 2018. For at least 11 years, an unnerving story has, been made, has made the rounds on Disney's fan blogs. People regularly scatter the ashes of loved ones at Disneyland and Disney World. While today, the Wall Street Journal has confirmed the urban legend, and we're not talking about a couple of isolated cases. This happens on a monthly basis. Disney employees even have a special code to report when it happens. The code is HEPA cleanup. 
H-E-P-A, cleanup. You'll know that acronym if you're a vacuum enthusiast, because who the fuck is one of those? But it refers to a special kind of filter you need to suck up very fine particles, like human ashes. (laughs) For its recent report, the journal talked to custodians of the park who have taken part in cleaning up human remains as well as at least three families who have spread them. So the journal found families who are just going around like, you know, depositing bodies basically in the park. It's worth quoting this part at length. So this is from the journal article now. Current and former custodians at Disney parks say identifying and vacuuming up human ashes is a signature and secret part of working at the happiest place on earth. It is grisly work for them, but a cathartic release for the bereaved who say treating Disney parks as a final resting place is the ultimate tribute to ardent fans. Your final resting place is going to be in the freaking tunnel tubes of garbage. <laughs> which, But, which, okay, whatever. Which, which this article actually gets to uh, at, at the very end, and, and to which I say, that's where we all end up. I yeah, mean, I mean, essentially. Whether, listen, whether you're buried in a coffin or thrown into the sea. Hey, Grandma got or, to go backstage. <laughs> or dropped at cent- the Central Park Zoo. Like, really, like, wherever you go, there you are. And wherever your ashes go, they're at the bottom of the fucking garbage can. Right. Like, that's just it. Uh, the journal continues with more specific details. Human ashes have been spread in flower beds, on bushes, and on Magic Kingdom lawns, outside the park gates and during fireworks displays, on Pirates of the Caribbean, and in the most and in the moat underneath the flying elephants of the Dumbo ride. Oh, yeah, most frequently of all, according to custodians at park work and park workers, they've been dispersed throughout the haunted mansion. Oh, that's the a good forty-nine-year-old attraction featuring an eerie old estate full of imaginary. That's gonna ghosts. be hard to find. Unless they turn the bay lights on at the end of the night. Quote, the haunted mansion probably has so much human ash in it, it's not even funny, said one Disneyland custodian. One can only wonder if the hope of being laid to rest in the haunted mansion will turn them into a ghost so that they can live at Disneyland forever. Thanks, Gizmodo. However, the truth of the matter is more somber. Some people agree to spread their loved ones' ashes at Disney parks so that they can feel like they're enjoying the place with them one more time. Apparently, sneaking human remains into a Disney park isn't that hard. So then it goes on to talk about how people are filling, like, prescription bottles with their family members and Ziploc bags and putting them in their purses and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it goes on and it it talks about, uh, you know, it talks about catching people in the act. They, They talk about other park goers basically ratting on these these people because they'll see them like leaning over the side of the boat in Pirates of the Caribbean and just like dumping a Ziploc baggie full of dust into right. the you know into the water and you know and then and then if you get caught you get kicked out yeah pirate so wait. water is definitely a better place like I feel like that's hard to filter out they'll be like recycled through that water for a while so this anyway, this, this is another my opinion. this is another good one from this coming from the journal article. The group requested a little extra time for a quick memorial service for a seven-year-old boy who had died. The employee said, according to Koenig, uh, Koenig, sorry by the way, Koenig wrote the book Mouse Tales, a behind-the-ears look at Disneyland. One I don't know the, if you know it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So you know there's literally no, 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 I don't. But there's literally a ePub ebook publisher called Theme Park Press, mm-hmm. and all they do 
is publish every Joe, Dick, and Larry Curly's <laughs> memoir about working at Disney. I love it. And exposés. Great. They're all free on Amazon Prime, by oh, the sure, way. Oh, sure, sure. I've have I have one one old timer that I know that wrote one and I enjoyed reading it because I know him, but I know that it's like not you know you know he's no memoir writer and he had no ghost writer you know it's just like an amateur piece of literature, but there are Gabe there's hundreds <laughs> of these pieces oh, of God, crap awful like it's the covers so are made on Microsoft Paint kind of That's thing so sad to me anyway so yeah um, like don't think. If uh, if you're a cast member love- out there and you think you're gonna write the next great expose on working at Disney, you're not. Well, so well, don't then, even try it. Well, continue. Then that, that just makes me so much happier that the journal even chose to find one of these things and then actually. I don't think like, any one of them is more po- from it. I yeah. think there was one that was no, popular I'm sure they're, like ten years. I'm ago, sure they're not I any good. Remember. So no. so in in Koenig's version, then his behind the scenes version, he writes. The group requested a little extra time for a quick memorial service for a seven-year-old boy who had died, the employees said. But later, ride operators spotted one of the guests throwing a powdery substance off her doom buggy. After the ride was shut down, the employee discovered, quote, a smattering of dust, gray like ash, Koenig wrote. It's all very sad, but it's sh- it's also surely frowned upon to scatter human remains in very public places, especially amusement parks. So if you're thinking, this is how this is how Gizmodo chooses to end the article. Right, 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 Who right. fucking cares? So if you're thinking about spreading a loved one's ashes at Disneyland or Disney World, just realize that the parks know about this sort of thing. They're prepared for it. There's a process, and when it's all said and done, the human ashes you left at the happiest place on earth will probably just end up in the trash. I mean, it's and right, like we said, it's it's true. Like yeah, yeah. whatever you're doing, it's part of and your process. And if you process. do it outside, a hurricane's just gonna blow it away anyway. And look, I don't, I don't have a big deal with this. Like, do I think we should all be like dropping our our family's ashes like everywhere, like out in the open all the time? No, yeah. I actually think you should have a sense of secrecy about this and like make it sort of a little sacred moment for yourself off the side of Pirates of the Caribbean if that makes sure. you happy. But yeah, definitely know that like that's cool. It's you're gonna, gonna do it at Disney. It's gonna don't get make cleaned it harder up. for everybody else. Yeah, don't make it nasty. Yeah, don't make it fucking do nasty. Do it in a natural place. I mean, my if you're gonna do it at all, which is yeah. I mean, my uh, to to be a little a little revealing here and a little transparent. Um, I I brought this story up with uh, mother of the pod, uh, the lady Ellen, um, who who could identify with it. She she's had some some friends uh, pass recently. One whose whose ashes are in her remains are in her custody right now. Oh, I should okay. say. Um, and and you know a request has been made by by the estate on what to do with them. And you know, she has personally planned to put uh to put him into small Ziploc baggies and to, to the small world. and to scatter him around the theater district here in New York okay, City okay. around Broadway and she's she's literally just going to put Ziploc baggies in her pocket with this guy and and Go you know it. cut a little corner and just walk around dispersing it as though she's in the Shawshank fucking redemption trying to like get rid of the dirt from the hole that she's digging I mean go and to I the said, Neil Simon yeah, just and I said I said bitch do it yeah like I, I think she should literally sit down in the Phantom of the Opera and just start like dispersing try it try to like, hit the chandelier get <laughs> 
<laughs> get up in the guts of one of these theaters and really like, yeah. you know, let the old Cats Theater just have it. Yeah, Winter Garden. <laughs> School of Rock is in there right School now. School of Rock, that's right. Yeah, it's there definitely you go. School of Rock. Yo, if you can King cop, Kong. Yo, if you can cop a Book of Mormon ticket, just you no, know. No, those are easy now, by just, the way. I know they are. I know. We've this, seen This it. isn't Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, <laughs> my friend. This ain't no Hamilton status anymore. Is SpongeBob still out? No, that closed. That clo- and that was I shit. I can't believe that closed. What is wrong with that? I them? can't believe it opened. Well, that's fine, too. I but... saw it for 30 bucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't worth it. Well, at least it didn't like maim people like uh, Spider-Man turn out the dark. Turn off the dark. That was a great night on Broadway. (laughs) Don't even get me started how much fun that was. Well, listen, we're we're off topic because now we're off Broadway. But we want the D, Diana. Okay, so since we last spoke, um, I've been back, I think, three times. Three times in the last two months. I've been to Disneyland. Two months. I went to Disneyland Paris in November. No, maybe just twice. And then I went the first weekend of December with my husband and another couple that we took. And it was I think you said really three because you also have an upcoming trip. Well, I, I did go in October. Oh, okay. Before, okay, so, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and, and I will be going back actually on New Year's Day. Oh, okay. I'm going uh, after we spend Christmas with my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law in Boston. We're going to Mexico City. And then for Mexico City, it's funny, like... From Mexico City, you have to fly through Orlando on JetBlue anyway. Oh and God. I said to Gio, I'm like, well, I'm just going to stay here. Oh, my God. It's so, too easy. It's too easy. Too easy. I know this airport. And and, and since we spoke, you oh, and the last time we spoke, we were discussing the upcoming Mickey at 90. Oh, Mickey, yeah. Mickey's and so, 90th. Yes, so, you celebrated so went Mickey's to, so, 90th. So I went to Disneyland Paris. And then uh, shortly after the following weekend, that Mickey's birthday it was on a Sunday this year. His 90th birthday was on a Sunday. Now, uh, for those of you in the know, there is a um, we've we've had many chats about Instagram pop up museums on this show. Yes, yes. Uh, Instagram museums. I'm doing air quotes because they're not real museums. They're they are experiences. And again, another uh, quote end quote experiences <laughs> that are designed for you to post on social media. So they opened one of these for Mickey's 90th birthday. This is the reason why us millennials have such a bad name right it's now. Called it's Mickey, because Mickey of Instagram Mouse museums. The, I swear Mickey to Mouse fucking Christ. And I said to my friend, who's one of my very, very best friends, who whom I met at Disney and is also a local to the New York metro area, he, I said, let's go to the Instagram museum on Mickey's 90th birthday. Because on a Sunday, he's like, that's great. So we bought the tickets. We got there. And for you guys... For one day only, just on his birthday, they flew Mickey Mouse from Florida, and he was there. We happened to be in, like, this rando... Even I know that's a pretty big-ass deal. Yeah, but listen to this. This this is where it gets better, because I we were in a rando hallway, and... Um, like looking at some, some, uh, I think it was the ink. They, they had an exhibit about the ink and paint girls, the women that worked at, cause you know, like everyone's trying to get in on the feminist BS. Okay. It's, you know, I don't want to call it BS, but like the way that it's marketed is BS. Okay. So like Disney who clearly didn't really employ women, like no. most people did. They're like, Oh, we employed women in our ink and paint de- department where they basically paid women like three cents an hour and they were all animators wives anyway right. to like 
color in cells as slave labor. Right. So they're at this display about, oh, we supported women the whole time. Right. Here's the ink and paint girls situation or whatever. And so I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. So we're in the hallway and at it like this, because it's in Chelsea. It's in like some random warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out Always, of like the all door of comes this Disney, Disney World manager and Mickey. So not only, and that was the first time he came out. So I was the very first person to see, lay eyes on him. And then he walked right past <laughs> us. And then we freaked out. And he met in a room. One of the Instagram rooms was... Um, was uh, a Mickey Mouse Club 80s style room where they showed like the Britney and Justin uh-huh. Mickey Mouse Club videos and there was gotcha. like an ice cream shop and they actually were serving birthday cake, birthday confetti ice cream or whatever. Well, yeah, you, you, anyway, you so get some Mickey, free food for your Instagram visit. You do, you, know? you do. So there was Mickey Mouse birthday ice cream um, and it was really great. Anyway, so honestly, the Instagram museum to me would have totally sucked. If, if it Mickey weren't for Mickey on his birthday, you know, I'm, and I had we had I was wearing Mickey shit head to toe. Mickey was like so excited <clears throat> to see us. I'm I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna pause your your D report for a minute. Sure, uh, sure. I, and I don't usually do this to in, intrude with a question because you know it's yeah 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 it's not our process. But that's not our. Process. You know, I'm I'm just curious because you're bringing up flying Mickey from. Uh, from Orlando to to be in New York, but the only reason no, why wait, I knew wait, that, wait, oh, wait, okay. no, don't, 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 don't worry. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to spoil the magic here, but I'm just curious because we know what it takes to be uh, a, a friend of Jasmine's, say, sure, sure, and we know what it takes to be a friend of um, who's the boy in Up. Russell. We know what it takes to be a friend of Russell. You yeah, you've got to be a wilderness explorer. We know what it takes to be a friend of Gaston. But I'm curious, what exactly does it take to be a friend of Mickey? Like, what? Like, who do you have to be to intimately know Mickey? I, I, I don't know what that is. You have is. to be mouse size. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the height only... is definitely a factor. The only reason why I knew... Mickey came from Florida is because the the woman he was with, the manager, had on a Disney World name tag. And that's the okay. only reason why I knew that. But, and I had personally never seen that woman before. <laughs> so I was curious so as even to like... you were like, what's going on here? Like, I haven't yeah, seen yeah, yeah. you. Right, and right. Like, no. But so, I'm, But I'm just wondering, because obviously, you know, Mickey's so coveted. I mean, right? He's, he, he's iconic. He is, he is the definition of Disney. And I'm just, you know, and he has his own personality, yeah. right? He he is different from Russell. He is different from... He's an everyman. From Aladdin. I mean, he's he's just different from all these things, right? But, right, he's... And that's just it. He is an everyman. I mean, he is, frankly, if I can, if I can be so colloquial with this, like, he's the Tom Hanks of, like, fucking Disney characters. Like, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, right? Like, yeah. like... He's just so... Everyone likes him. Oh, God. He's so How blandly likable. Like, like, but, what, like, but like, like you can't like, hate oh, yeah, him. Mickey yeah. Mouse? I mean, I wasn't really into Mickey Mouse. Like, how can you, like, even say something like that? Exactly. There's not a person on the planet. There are definitely people who are like, yo, Bugs Bunny, like, fuck that motherfucker. Yeah, Daffy Duck like, spits on everybody. Fuck Bugs, you know. But, right, but and Mickey is... 
just universally accepted and loved. Right. Yeah. So okay, so yeah. you've got to you have to be the right height and you have to be Tom Hanks. Yeah, got it. Definitely. Perfect. You All right. Mouse size. That's All right. Hard. Back to the so, report. So so okay, so that happened, and then uh, the, and but the week the week before prior, we I went to Disneyland Paris. Um, unfortunately, it did rain the two days that we went over. We went over the course of one weekend. But you know, I don't know. There's something about Paris and rain that is just so charming to me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, after living there, it probably is pretty annoying. But sure. oh, I'm can excited. you can you can you speak to uh two 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 more questions in the report? Sure. Um, uh, one the the first is is an easy. I think uh, I just. Having not been there in the rain, what is Disney like in the rain? I mean, it depends know. on which park. There's Florida rain. There's Paris rain. Right. There's right. China rain. So talk to me about since Hong this is your Hong Kong rain, which is similar to Florida rain. Because obviously, I don't want to talk about Florida rain because that sounds like a fucking nightmare. But like you said, you said French Parisian rain can be quite charming. Like I think so. What it's is, cold. Right, but and what, it's like dri- it's very it's drizzly. drizzly, of course, right? It's sort of just overcast and drizzly. Uh, but do things shut down? Does it yeah, really affect so, your experience? And I think it depends on park to park rule. Yeah. For for Florida, things stay open in the rain because it just rains all the time. Things close so during lightning mm. in Florida outside. And some indoor buildings as well, I guess, Probably. depending on their where their equipment is located. Right. Uh, Paris, Big Thunder Mountain closes all the time at random times, but I but I think that's just a French thing. <laughs> um, and then for renovations, Disneyland's Paris Haunted Mansion, which is called the Phantom, Phantom Manor, has literally been closed for over a year. Hey, we are wicking in the like. The kind of work that would be done on that Phantom Manor would have been like um, one month tops in Florida, you but kidding. takes the French a year. That's not a good look, guys. Um, <laughs> but, so second second question, um, I would I would love for you to discuss uh, some of your favorite non secrets, secrets at Disney. Like for example, when you and I went to Disney, uh, you introduced me to a sort of Speak easy like establishment in one of the hotels. Oh, when we went to Trader Sam's, we go to the Tiki Bar. We went to the Tiki Bar. Yeah. Yeah, we went to the. So that that secret. Okay, so when you went, that was in its first year. So that used to be like a pool closet, like like for pool (laughs) supply. No, I'm not kidding. Like for the hotel, it used to be like a closet, and then it became a little tiny tiki bar. But what it felt like. So, <laughs> I, that so, Trader Sam's is is a tiki bar. It's originally a Disneyland tiki bar in the Disneyland hotel. Not a secret there. And then they opened one. Uh, when did you go? Like two thousand fifteen? Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay, so that was probably like its first Spring or 16, I think. that was probably like its first or second year of operation. Yeah. And um, and we we probably went in and like sat right down, yeah. right. Five minute wait, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now I I've taken several groups of small groups of, of yeah. people there since because it is one of my favorite places. But I think I'm retiring it for a little bit. Yeah. Because we went. Uh, it opens at four o'clock every day. Uh, I t- went on Saturday, December first this year. Yeah. I brought my husband, who like who likes it there, and my two friends. Actually, there was like maybe five or six of us. It's a little bigger group. 
We got there at 3.45. The bar was not open yet. And the list to get in was already like halfway down. Like, like it was like Santa's naughty or nice list. And you, and you can't do it by the phone. You have to like physically show up. So that means starting at 3.30, people started getting there. And in, in that 15 minutes that I got there, 28 people already signed up before me. We waited an hour and a half in the lobby of the Polynesian. Not a horrible place to be waiting, but we waited an hour and a half when it, and we got there 15 minutes before it opened. So I'm like, I'm like over it. If I do go, maybe it'll be at like uh, 11.30 or midnight on a weekday because then I think it'll be okay. But yeah, there's, there's, there, there's a lot of, I mean, here's the thing. Disney World in particular is just like a huge, huge, it's, a, it's its own city. So there's so many things that you, you just won't know about unless you actively look for it. Um, but other secrets, God, there's, there's just so many <laughs> one more like not 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 like a tips of the trade but just like i don't know something something that's still you know like something that still strikes you as awesome about disney even going back for you know the dozens of times that you go every single year like does it have to be in florida specifically no it doesn't okay okay i have something i have something go ahead all right Oh, you already started? Yeah, what do you got? Oh, okay. I thought that was like, no, I'm that was recording. time for me to ponder. We're good. Um, there's a few things, but the one... Well, okay, I'm going to name a big thing and a little thing. A big and a little. Let's do it. Let's start with the little thing. Um, I spend a lot of time at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, and I know a lot of in and outs in that park. And again, that park was designed by my favorite Imagineer of all time. Joe Rohde, I think the man is a genius. His design sense, his like, just his sense of the world around him and the, the knowledge he has of art history. And he was actually just in New York because I saw on Instagram he was here. Mm. And I'm like, do I DM him and be like, hey, I'm a cast member and I just want to buy you coffee and I just mm -hmm. want to talk to you for five minutes. I kept on commenting on his pictures like a stalker, like back sure. by my house, Joe. Sure. Joe, let's hang out, cat. But no. But I do think that one day I will meet Joe Rohde and we will talk about, we will talk shop. I have he also no designed doubt. Shanghai Disney, which is my favorite. We've talked Disney about park, many times. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, he, he, Animal Kingdom was like the one park he designed that didn't have like that hub and spoke mm -hmm. design where right, like the thing right. is in the middle. middle and then right. He sort of makes it very meandering. Right. Um, it has that design, but it doesn't. So there's a lot of, nooks and crannies in that park that and there there's just pathways that people will never walk down right because they don't think anything special down there right. but he has paid attention to every single detail and everywhere you look turn whatever angle your head is facing will be absolutely beautiful right okay so as you're exiting the God, park so like frederick olmstead <laughs> like it's just like so genius like 
the way the way that like designers in that way like, and ninety eight percent of the people won't appreciate it right, right. and I gotta say like but they're such geeks about their own thing right. that it's like and yeah, it is completely lost on magic. the Chinese audience <laughs> it is completely oh, lost on the Chinese so, audience that's such a shame <laughs> but like that park is a masterpiece and yeah. my Disney hating husband will tell you how gorgeous that park is so crazy. and it is unlike it is not like the castle park that you've ever been to it's just it's not even like Disney anymore. It's, it's like this whole, yeah. nothing about it is Disney at all to me. And it's so cool. But anyway, so as you're exiting the park at Animal Kingdom, um, you can go, there's the Tree of Life and that big open bridge and you can see the Tree of Life. But as you're exiting and the tree is behind you, you approach this big, you know, rock and you can go left to the rock. Or you can go right to the rock to exit. Mm -hmm. There's also some benches inside. Like the, there's like it sort of caves open a little bit, and there's some benches inside. But people think it's a dead end. Right. It's not a dead end. Oh my god. You can walk through it. There's this tiny little, tiny cave door within the cave. Oh my fucking god. And you can walk through, and there's one of those like bridges you can jump on in the playground you know what i mean like the suspended bridge that you of could of course yeah so that's like with that planks and chains like yeah but he like covered it with vines and ropes and stuff oh but my it's God. clearly one of those that the off the rack that disney like done yeah. up and you will never ever find a person on this on this bridge and you can see all the people rushing past you, exiting the park or entering the park, like through some bushes, but they don't really see you. And I, every time I exit the park, I must walk on this rope bridge. And also there's two macaw parrots see, hanging this, out next to the see, rope bridge. And I just, I always jump on it like I'm an eight-year-old kid. And I do it every time I exit the park. And I do it with no matter who I'm with. And I remember my friend from Japan came with me once and said, and that was the one moment where she was like, you know everything about this This is why place. I asked you this motherfucking question. Because I know you. And it's such a simple, I know stupid... you. It's so dumb. I know you. And I know I know that you know everything about this. And I know that you have this and that. And I know that this is amazing and that's amazing. But it's these, but sm I also, it's these Lucy, it. it's the Lucy Cockin small moments, it's right? That, it's that's it. And, and I didn't want to ask you this. I didn't want to say it explicitly. But you went there anyway because you knew that's what it was. Right. I didn't want to ask you, what do you do every time you go to Disney? But you just said it just yeah, there. Yeah, but I always Every time do that. you leave the I park, have to... you do that. It's a ritual. Yeah, you I don't think I've ever ritual. walked the normal way. Exactly. Even if it weren't a secret and I discovered thing, it, it on would my own. still be a ritual for you. Like, And the only reason why I found that in genius. the first place is because when I was 19 years old, I wanted to make out with a boy in that cave in the dark. So you went into the cave. And right. then I saw the bridge. You were, were first a cast member. Yes. Right. Yes. All right. So that was the little thing. What's okay, the, the big, big thing? Okay, the big thing to do is um, I absolutely... and Okay, so at this point now, my husband has seen every single... And I have as well. Every single Castle Fireworks display around the country, around the world planet you can see right i've seen them all let me tell you something they're a dime a dozen yeah it's it's a cup and and Disney's it's called fireworks people you can buy them in pennsylvania they're dirt cheap and they all do exactly okay, the but same thing. theirs are a little more expensive than the ones at walmart in pennsylvania just gonna say however just saying. it's the way you use the fireworks <laughs> 
right, right. So, no, but right. listen, listen. In other words, it's not the size of the cock. It's the way you use the cock. Disney, in my opinion, has relied so heavily on projection mapping, which is using the castle as a movie screen. Okay. So what they, every show now shows you like, you know, snippets and vignettes of your favorite beloved characters and like tale is old as time. That's and so funny. And you'll see Belle and the Beast dancing and they, but the thing is, it's like, it's not a movie screen. It's a castle. So right. use the dimensions you have. I was going to say, you know, who does that really effectively is the Empire State Building. They've been doing projections onto it for almost a decade now. Like really awesome stuff. I'm gonna have to see it. And and I almost I almost asked you uh, who you think did it first, Disney or the Empire State I, Building? Disney honestly and hasn't I, been doing it that long. I was gonna say I probably think it's the Empire State Building because yeah. it's a flat fucking surface, right? And you can do awesome things on a flat surface. Sure. You can't do anything on a multi-spired Here, castle but that you makes can, any sense. But you can. So now there's a new <laughs> there's a new fireworks show. Uh, it used to be called Wishes at Magic Kingdom. Now it's called Happily Ever After. Reach out to find your happily ever after. The dream will come alive. The dream will come alive. Anyway, <laughs> it's really fucking catchy. So anyway, they have... So Gio is like... I wasn't impressed with China, like the the birthplace of fireworks. I was not impressed with Tokyo. Paris was lame. And I'm like, no, the way they do it in Magic Kingdom and Disney is amazing. They do use the spires. So like they'll turn the whole castle during the Toy Story segment into a connects, like a uh, uh, um, Tinker Toy set. Mm-hmm. Or they'll turn like... Uh, when Russell flies by, it's just like the balloons come up. Mm. So they really mm. do take the spires. Okay. Like when the genie comes out, gotcha. they've made it like all gears or something. Okay. And then when he jumps, the spires yeah, yeah, look yeah. like they're jumping. Okay. So here's the thing. I, I, I don't mind projection mapping at all, but for me, it's not a replacement for fireworks. Sure. So they've relied so heavily on projection mapping that they've just like... Let's just do six fireworks at the end or one every 50 seconds and no one will notice. But oh, I did. So now I these see. fireworks shows are, are cheaper because now they're just relying on light bulbs, right? Right. But what they did at Magic Kingdom with Happily Ever After is it's boom, 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 boom while projection mapping is happening. And Geo saw the show last month. Uh, earlier this month and said, well, that actually was really well done. There you go. And so, so okay. it sounds so like they're growing is, in their integration of this new technology. So this is, but this is, extent. this is my advice though. If you're going to go to Magic Kingdom, the first night, go see it. Um, it's going to be crowded and everyone's going to watch it and yeah. you'll be touching someone else's body, but go see it. The next night, my suggestion is oh man that big thunder mountain line's been long all day hasn't it but guess when it's not going to be long during the fireworks oh my god so what you need to do is while the fire the fireworks last for 18 minutes uh usually generally starting sometime at 9 or 9 30 it depends on uh when the sun sets summer it'll be 9 30 winter it'll be nine o'clock 
sometimes eight o'clock, 8.30, but that is like very rare. So anyway, you get in line at like, let's say the fireworks are at nine, you get in line at like 8.58, okay? Mm-hmm. Line won't be very long. Mm-hmm. You get on Big Thunder Mountain, and while you're crawling to the top, you can see the castle in the distance and watch the fireworks from far away. And while you're having this grand old time on uh, like, wee on your arms up, you're also watching fireworks. And I think that's a cool experience. You can also do that in Disneyland Paris as well, where the line is even shorter during the fireworks. So that's my advice. I think that's a cool little thing. Like, like let's talk about magic right there. I'm on a roller coaster and there's fireworks going off in the background on a castle. I just think that's cool. This, Those are two of my favorite things to do. This fucking dope ass Disney tip. This has is been gold. Brought to you. This is free. By Dirty Diana. Free. And the Doll Crayons. And this ASRM voice. <laughs> Is yours truly, Gabriel Zuger, telling you that you have reached the very end of this crayon nub. But it's only the beginning of Kwanzaa. <laughs> it's not even close to the beginning of Kwanzaa. Eight are, days till Kwanzaa. We are recording a full week from Kwanzaa. <laughs> not one of this Full airs. week. Um, but... Uh, that's right. You have reached the end of the crayon box, uh, the end of the dull crayons, and uh, and the end of the year, and the and the end of the year. This is our uh, going out signal, and this has been, for the record, a a full year in the dull crayons. Great. I mean, Great. been recording since I want to say December two thousand, uh, December tenth, uh, two thousand seventeen. Oh, wow. So, so happy birthday, dull crayons. Uh, happy speaking... birthday, Mickey. Happy <clears throat> birthday, dull crayons. Happy anniversary. Speaking uh, podcast statistically, most podcasts do not last six months. So really? we are bucking the trend. <laughs> and that's what we're all about here at the Dull Crayons is bucking the motherfucking trend. So uh, listen, uh, again, tips for life from Diana, whether it's parenting <laughs> or how to not get uh, excluded from all class events forever. Or parenting <laughs> At Disney, <laughs> or parenting at right. How to take your kids to Disney? Next how to go time, to Disney we'll talk as an about adult? How to avoid that 11 p.m. Main Street meltdown? Um, That's a thing. <laughs> so listen, you can't get these facts anywhere else. There's just there's no, just I don't dispense them anywhere them. else. Exactly. This is a one-stop shop for you. Uh, so please come back and please tell a friend. Please bring all your family members with you as we bring all our family members here. Uh, we're we're all we're all loved and appreciated here in the in the crayon box. You know, we we recognize more than anybody. Uh, you know, just as Kwanzaa does and Hanukkah and, and Christmas, that we're really all just shades of brown. You know, we're <laughs> yeah. just all shades of brown on this spectrum of you know life and shit and otherworldliness. So uh, that's gonna do it for us, folks. And uh, we're going to see you in 2019. Can't believe motherfuckers. it. Motherfuckers. We made it. We made it past the Jetsons, okay? We made it past the Jetsons. The Jetsons were 2015, people. Really? Were they really? They really were. We are so far into the future. Nobody has ever even glimpsed this shit. Elon Musk hasn't even glimpsed this Man, shit in his only wildest robot, weed The fantasies. only robot made you can get his Roomba, not Rosie. <laughs> Yo, 
even even Rosie the Riveter was more advanced than Roomba. So, you know. And Rosie the Robot Maid. And Rosie the Robot Maid was, yeah, dream into the future. But, uh, yeah, we're going to see you in 2019. And, All right. Uh, have a great holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas. Hanukkah. All Happy that Hanukkah's shit. Happy Hanukkah's over. Hanukkah is fucking over. All over. But Christmas and Disney will be there till January 18th. So hang on, Martin Luther King. <laughs> Yo, Bye. Please, please enjoy Christmas all of January. <laughs> See you on the flippy. The Dull Crayons is a free and independent podcast supported by listeners like you. To show us support and keep us free, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash and write into us at dullcrayons at gmail.com. Along with our hosts for this episode, we'd like to thank Jesse Katz and Gwen Gallitzer for the theme music and Colin Matthews for the logo.